One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to dive deep into the novel Black Spire. And I'll tell you, Joseph, we're, we're going to review this novel here in a bit. And it was a surprise enjoyment, which, as I say it, I'm like, I shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome. <laughs> yep. 
We're going to dive into that. we got some news. It's our chance to really dig into the Mandalorian news uh, that came out over the last week. Often uh, things are released as Joseph is driving away from my place or I am driving away from his place. <laughs> our chance to get into that. We do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But Joseph, uh, we always like to do our catch-up, our life catch-up on our Star Wars adventures, and we figured, should we bring in a special guest? I think so, yeah. I think we need a special guest today. With the power and the magic of the Roadcaster Pro and a press of a button, Jennifer Landa's here on Force Center. I feel like I need to have a sound effect of some sort. Like, I'm, I'm magically appearing. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It's more appropriate. I like the big boom, though. Like, boom. Damn. Jennifer Landis. With a cloud back. of smoke and some magical jazz hands. Hello. I'm, I'm kicking myself because I, I should have downloaded bam, 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 and just had that on call. Oh, ready yeah. to go. The Ewok horn. Oh. You can just magically oh summon gosh. Jennifer to, to the phone. It's so great to hear your voice. Thank you. It's so great to hear both of your voices. Oh, that's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been a bit, but also it hasn't. And, and oh, we hear the sounds of a young Padawan. Yes, this is this is true. She was asleep, as I told you. And, you know, now she's she this is her moment to shine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she just told me that it's possible the planet was erased from the archive. <laughs> uh, you know. I hear rumors, just whiskey on the gums for the adults, and it works. <laughs> so, so I've heard. Uh, Jed, you're here to catch up, and we want to hear some of your Star Wars adventures, giant Ewok heads I saw on Instagram, all these things going on, and you're doing the important work of, of, of bringing a child into this Star Wars universe. How are you doing? I am doing well, considering uh, I've only been getting about two to four hours of sleep a night, um, which is, you know, but I've been able to uh, look at social media, catch up on the D23 news, the Mandalorian news. I'm starting Black Spire, so I'm excited about that. Um, And I've seen a lot of great things about the book. So, yeah, just uh, just hibernating, if you will. (laughs) Is am I to understand uh, correctly, not uh, having ever been a parent myself, but talking to many that you have bursts where you have full attention on child and then other bursts where you have like a sleeping child on your lap and can just scroll, scroll, scroll through the phone kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. I mean, the idea like, oh, sleep when the baby sleeps. Haha. You know, when you have a four, (laughs) we have a four year old, too. So that's been uh, a challenge. But yeah, basically, I do get a lot of a lot of scrolling when she's asleep on on my tummy. So that's been nice. A lot of chance to to catch up with the Star Wars news. Uh, Joseph, this is our chance to really hear Jennifer's takes on some of the big stories over the last couple weeks and months. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm so excited. Jennifer, is there out of all of like the D23 news uh, in the new Rise of Skywalker trailer, Mandalorian stuff. Is there any one thing that you are most excited about? Oh my gosh. I, I just, I, I feel like for so long we've been kind of waiting to get this this news and all the big announcements. And I was really surprised by how excited I was by the Kenobi announcement. Obviously, we've talked about this for, we've talked about it for so long and I've always been like, well, yeah, okay, I'm interested. But <laughs> 
I got really emotional. Oh, and yeah. it was really surprising. And seeing Ewan McGregor and just imagining how he's going to be back in the role, I I got excited for myself, but I got excited for, for you guys. I know how much <laughs> you've been wanting this. And I just thought, wow, this is it's going to be a see, exciting to see what stories they're going to tell. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. Because, yeah, I think it is, it's, it, as we've talked about it, uh, it's the actual announcement because mm. a lot of us have wanted uh, Ewan McGregor as Kenobi. But man, did they just finally knock it out of the park about the way they told us? And that's what was yeah. so emotional about it. Exactly. Exactly. It was just, it was so cathartic for him to finally be able to say, yes, <laughs> I, am, I am reprising my role. That was great. Yeah, I think I'm going to clip his little. Yes, and just <laughs> have that play every once in a while if I'm feeling down. Because man, yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, Jen, did that? You had this kind of a little bit of a sea change then. Not that you weren't going to be excited about a, a Kenobi series. Was it like you said? If the the, the feeling for us uh, being happy for us, but the the, the emotion, the the excitement of that announcement, did it just kind of open up the the world of possibilities for the series in your mind? It really did. And I think when we had first talked about it, which was a few years ago, we didn't have Disney Plus. We didn't have The Mandalorian. We didn't even have Solo or Rogue One at all. We didn't have them. And so I think I feel like that desire has been satiated for me of like wanting new stuff uh, that revisiting an old character uh, was very exciting for me. For my daughter, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) For me, very exciting. She'll learn to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure all the kids are going to love Midlife Crisis Obi-Wan Kenobi. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what about uh, what about the, the Rise of Skywalker stuff? Dark Ray, or at least the image of Dark Ray. We, we really uh, took that dive last week into the whys of that. But w- 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 what were your thoughts in that moment? Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> you know, I feel like with the whole trailer breakdown thing, I've learned my lesson. And now I don't... I know that they're going to throw stuff in just for the trailer, right? Or kind of manipulate things to to give us a little bit of a hint, but not reveal fully what's happening or the story. So I know, obviously, I don't think that Ray is going is to have dark tendencies, but just the image was so striking. And the fact that they're even going there, I am delighted. I, I, I feel like J.J. is going to take some chances um and and surprise us which good <laughs> that's, that's what we want you know that's that's why i loved the last jedi because for me it was so unexpected on so many levels and i i think that the rise of skywalker is going to be the same way yeah that's a great point that just the no matter how much it exactly means in the film just that quick image of those dark robes and that flip of a red blade was just a real quick you don't know exactly what this movie is yet yeah, that's I, I, I like what you said there, Jen, just appreciating it on a visual level. I don't think I've even stopped to do that yet because <laughs> immediately uh, I got my gloves on of like, all right, all right, let's let's uh, let's uh, fight against the uh, wild speculation. Let's dig in. And we had a, last week was one of my favorite four center episodes with Joseph kind of counseling me live on what I really thought about that. So but Jen, I think you're right of just like, hey, also, that looks really cool. <laughs> Yeah, it looks really cool. The obviously the lightsaber looks really cool. The whole thing. Um, I just I'm, I'm ready for December. Yeah. I want it. yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, that's a scream of joy. Yeah, oh bring gosh. December on. Uh, you know, so there's that other shot in the trailer of uh, of of Ray flinging the lightsaber. People are speculating that uh, she's in training, possibly with Leia, because they look like they're in a similar, even maybe and or like uh, location. If they do, kind of just play around with with the idea of Ray dealing with anger being a part of of power. How would you feel about that? Would that be exciting, or or do you not want them to uh, go there? Oh, I think it's very exciting. I feel like we saw flashes of that in The Last Jedi. It, it, it was just enough to kind of... Oh, hold on. <laughs> no problem. Oh, my gosh. She is, like, not cooperating. It's... Oh, my gosh. You know she what? wants dark red. Yeah, she wants dark red. She's getting excited. Oh, my gosh. Let me see what's going on. I, you know what? I, uh, I haven't been a parent, Jen, but I think you just leave her outside in a stroller. I think that's what works, right? Oh, is that yeah. dogs? I don't know. Driving around in the car. Yeah. It's amazing what the, what the movement that, will do. That does oh, wow. for me, too. Um, but yeah, I think that we, I think that we saw that in the Last Jedi a little bit, flashes of that, yeah. um, of of her kind of like giving in to this this anger, which it was just enough. I didn't want them to fully explore it there, but now I'm ready to really explore it, and maybe that will somehow bring her co- closer to Kylo Ren. I, I don't make her or make her understand Kylo Ren. They could connect on some level like that. I don't know. Mm. Um, I haven't really thought about it too much because. Uh, well, <laughs> sleep deprived, but more than anything, I, I kind of just want to be surprised. Um, yeah. uh, cause I know that there were some spoilers starting to float around, so yeah. I didn't want to do too much Googling or on theories yeah. yet. That's well, you know, it's uh, you know, your, your second child is definitely a blessing anyway you look at it, but there's now an added wrinkle of now you have to focus on this young child and therefore you could go into Rise of Skywalker with kind of open eyes and hearts and not have uh, <laughs> analyzed it to death. Uh, uh, you get to yeah. just kind of show up and, and watch it. That's 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 a fun little wrinkle. Children for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I yeah, definitely. Normally I you know, I dissect it mm. frame by frame. I have not been able to do that. So. <laughs> uh, well, we did want to ask you about The Mandalorian as well because this is the first time that we had kind of uh, actual footage outside of Star Wars Celebration uh, Pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was really surprised by how good it looked, how expensive it looked. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, this is uh, this is a, sh- a show on a streaming service. Of course, I wouldn't expect anything less from Disney, but it just it seems so epic, um, which is what we've obviously come to enjoy about Star Wars. And so that was really exciting. Um, but also, it felt kind of small and intimate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm. My only gripe is that it looks like we're not going to get Pedro Pascal without his helmet on. Like, come on. <laughs> you have this fantastic actor. Show his face. But, uh, you know, I'll live with it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's going to take the helmet off a lot. Uh, no. There's this one. Uh, this will be quick. It sounds like I'm going to ramble for a while, but it, but I'm not. It's quick. <laughs> there's this one weird shot in the end, uh, toward the end of the last season of Twin Peaks where Kyle MacLachlan's face is superimposed over what is going on in this ghostly way. Mm. And there's a part Whoa. of me that just wants to see a lot of The Mandalorian with just Pedro Pascal's <laughs> ghostly face superimposed <laughs> over it. So you remember <laughs> that it's him under the mask, that it's this charming actor there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. But 
I mean, the supporting cast is just, oh man, it's just incredible. And I obviously, what is it? Is it IG 11? Yep. Is that correct, right? Yeah. yeah. IG 11. It just, it's like bringing the action figures to life. I think as John Favreau has said. So a few times now, that's definitely yeah. a theme. That's definitely yeah, a theme. It's not a subtle right. little thing. It's, it seems like the mission <laughs> statement. I, you know, we, we used to joke that maybe he wrote this in his college dorm. I think he wrote this on his bedroom floor on shag carpeting with his Boba Fett and IG. At the time, action figures. <laughs> Don't think you're wrong. Don't think you're yeah, wrong. I think you're uh, right too, Jen. We we know if if you want to stick around for some news talk, we we're, we're going to go into some new Mandalorian stuff. But we also know you you got your hands full. We want to leave that option up to you today, uh, and uh, and see how long you want to chat with us. What do you feel? Well, I, I'd love to stay in chat. She seems to be uh, in an okay oh. position for the moment, so let's see how far we can go. The force yes. trick work. Jennifer <laughs> Land is here for the news, and I cannot do what she does when she delivers the news, but let's dive into the Mandalorian news dump. It's news dump time. <laughs> Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. And James Hibbard is kind of the guy writing a lot of these. You know, Bresnikin used to do a lot of the stuff for EW. What is he over in Vanity Fair now? Vanity Fair, yeah. Which is mm-hmm. also has a great Star Wars tradition attached to it. We love the Brez, but um, I got to give uh, Hibbert some credit for putting uh, some good articles out, and we're going to dive into, first, this headline that they're, uh, I don't, I don't want to say that we're going to start doing this thing where we're like, let's take a headline and then fight the headline, but <laughs> I, and also, this is Entertainment Weekly's headline, so this is a respectable, long-standing uh, you know, entertainment news organization that's not just going for clicks, but the title is kind of clickbaity. The origins of the first order to be revealed in the Mandalorian, and that's going to get a lot of think pieces here uh, going and videos and, and excitement. And I don't want to, uh, Joseph. I th- I don't want to temper anyone's excitement for this. Right. Yeah. But uh, a but. Uh, uh, I agree with your buts. <laughs> you should. Um, <laughs> Let's read the actual quote. Here's the actual quote from James Hibbard's article. Uh, This is Dave Filoni. This doesn't turn into a good guy universe because you blew up two Death Stars, Mandalorian director Dave Filoni quipped. You get that the Rebels won and they're trying to establish a republic, but there's no way out that could have said it set it in uh, set in for everyone all at once you have in a western where you're out on the frontier and there might be washington and they might have some marshals but sometimes good luck finding one uh this is from favreau also what could happen in the 30 years between celebrating the defeat of the empire and then the first order he teased come on in uh you come on in episode uh, seven the first order are not just starting out they're pretty far along feloni adds yeah pretty well equipped Back to Favreau, so somehow things weren't necessarily managed as well as they could have been if the galaxy ended up in hot water again like that. To say that the origins of the First Order are going to be revealed off of that alone. Maybe something else they know. Maybe season two, Joseph Jennifer, but it seems like this is about political and and, and power climates at the time leading to something like the First Order. Jen, we'll Mm. bring you in first. What do you think? Yeah, this is this is a lot different than I guess I I envisioned it. I kind of just envisioned it like the the Wild West, you know. But um, it, no, who does Jean Carlo Esposito? Who exactly does he play? Moff Gideon. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So that yeah. yeah. So I, that is surprising that there's going to be a little bit more of a political bent to it, mm-hmm. uh, albeit with lots of action. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Joseph. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, to me, I feel like 
they, there is something to this, or I feel like Lucasfilm would have redacted that headline if they're right, like, right. "Hey, we just said some things about the political state, and you inferred that we're going to tell the origins of First Order." That's right. not. I feel like they wouldn't have let that fly. I but, agree with that. St- yeah, I agree. But with that. I feel like people are reading this as like, "Oh, remember how at the beginning of the Force Awakens? You don't know who Snoke is. You don't know why he has his gold robe. You don't know how he turned Kylo Ren. You don't know how he teamed up with Gen- like." I don't think we're going to get into those nuts and bolts. I feel like what they're talking about is maybe we'll, maybe it's Moff Gideon. Maybe somebody else will meet somebody who is beginning to accumulate money or resources for the first, first order. Yeah. So mm. it'll maybe have that, that, uh, that there'll be characters who are aware that, Hey, a part of the empire went into the unknown regions yeah. and they're having their adventures over there. They're having a great old time, but we've snuck back <laughs> in to the outer rim here and we're grabbing some resources mm. and maybe even an interesting wrinkle of the story is maybe they're trying to sabotage the new Republic from the get go. So like yeah. the new Republic doesn't have enough resources. This part of the galaxy that we're in is uh, out of control mm. and they've got agents going, man, this new Republic, terrible, right? And like sowing seeds of doubt from the very beginning. Yeah. Like, I just feel like we're going to get those very little, little political things. I do yeah. not think Snoke is showing up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jen, you agree with that? Yeah. No, no, no. I think it's more fun if, if, if they don't tie themselves too much to that, if that makes mm. sense. I think that yeah. there's more but there's more room for them to play. Although, I mean, having Dave Filoni, obviously, um, I think, obviously, he knows. <laughs> he knows how to tie it all together and weave it so it's it's connected to the to the larger canon. But I kind of hope that it it leaves things a little bit more vague because it'll also bring in the more casual viewer, which I think that they definitely mm. want as well. So, yeah, you need the Disney plus dollars and, it, and it's not going to be like, here's a step-by-step, uh, you know, path on how the first order formed. And also this is what five years after, yeah, Jedi ish, right? Mm. Which makes it a mm-hmm. three and a half, four years, and you can tweet me the exact timeline of after <laughs> aftermath and the fall of uh, the Battle of Jakku, the final fall of the Empire, and the Galactic Concordance, and then uh, um, uh, Ray Sloan, everyone leaves. So a mention of Ray Sloan, I would love that, obviously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's where maybe I feel like I don't want to be the wet blanket of because uh, I've I've talked to some friends who are like, we're going to get that. No, no, I think it, it's not going to be. Brendel Hawks, Ray Sloan, we're not going to cut to them yeah. in the unknown regions. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other edge of the galaxy. I think it's just like this, you know, there's been lots of Star Wars storytelling where, like with Rogue One, we're like, hey, mm. we, we have to, now that we know more about the galaxy, we go back and we can kind of fill in the what politically was going on then. Yeah. And it seems mm. like this is like a, a, a step forward into new canon where it's mostly going to be this standalone story about this one guy called the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since they are building the stories they want to tell in the future, they can plant little seeds. Mm. And to me, I think this is maybe Filoni specifically planting first order seeds for storytelling. Mm. And it makes me even think more that maybe one of the animated series that is surely in development, maybe Filoni is doing a first order series. Oh, okay. (sighs) And that he's going to tell the the story that that we're thinking about it, like Ray Sloan, what Mm. what really happened to them and Brendel Hux and how did Snoke come into this and did Ezra and Thrawn get involved? Did, Did Sabine and Ahsoka show up? Like, all of that story seems like something that maybe Filoni is starting to mastermind, getting to tell that whole story, which would then make sense to him going to John Favreau and go like, you know, I might want this one character who goes back and forth between right. the unknown regions and the outer rims. Well, let's put him in your show. 
That's I, what you're also pitching is interesting. If, if like, if you make Ray Sloan, the hero or the son of the story of her trying to reform the empire and her image, and then things go wrong and people are fighting her and somehow she's like nuts to that. I'm, I'm fighting for justice or something, you know, yeah, like I'm going to team up with Ezra. Yeah. yeah, yeah that'd be, <laughs> that'd be really interesting to me. And maybe that's why they don't really mention her as much anymore. We don't yeah. talk about her. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but Jen, to your point, like this Western thing is it keeps coming up. But I, I this is what I love. What Filoni says, what leads me to some thoughts here as we as we wrap up on this new story of of there. You know, he's saying there might be Washington, meaning like Washington D.C. in the Old West, or you know, what I'm a big fan of those silly Young Guns movies. Uh, it's just like <laughs> it's about Governor Lou Wallace coming in, but you know, he doesn't really have power. He's bought and paid for. So this idea, what do you feel, Jen, about like the New Republic? is established, but it isn't working right away. It isn't smooth. And, and there's this power vacuum that people are now trying to fill. It is that intrigue you? And you want to see that play out in this show in any way, shape or form? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, exactly. I want to know who's, who's running the show. Who's the top dog or, or rather maybe they need the Mandalorian. Maybe they need these, these, uh, bounty hunters, mm. uh, um, you know, are they in cahoots with them? Like, I guess, yeah, what is what is the power dynamic? Yeah. Um, and also, on a totally side note, with Dave Filoni, did you guys see that he was kind of teasing the thing about Ahsoka being live action? Wait, I don't know I, if I, I did see that. I one. did see. I think it was one of those a blip on a radar screen. He was at a, as a press junket line type, a red carpet line. Was and this it, another T-shirt? No, but it said <laughs> it's Dave being cheeky. Look, I think I think Mandalorian's going to have some live action uh, animated to live action type of characters. Uh-huh. Simply because Filoni's there and yeah. he's very protective. Right. I just don't. I, I'm not ruling it out, and also I want it, but I'm not expecting it now. He did have a quote in one of these articles where he said it was amazing to be on set and see a character that I've written yeah. walk up to me in person. Right, which oh. could mean just oh, I, it's a character I just wrote for the Mandalorian, or it could be yeah. in a Socrates. Socrates, uh, there's uh, uh, Riff Tampson. <laughs> uh, Bo-Katan is, is a oh, real strong yes. possibility Bo-Katan to me. Bo-Katan is the good guess. Bo- Bo-Katan yeah, is a great is a good guess. guess. Riff Tampson is the dream. <laughs> Riff Tampson. <laughs> Mieber Gascon would oh be the one. Gosh. You got bring in Stan to do the voice for a live action frog. <laughs> Favreau, can do, the show. Favreau yeah. can do live action animals. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Clone do 99 it. lives. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Um, uh, well, let's talk about the photos. We got these photos. Uh, you know, you can't do uh, uh, Entertainment Weekly articles without some photos that they trickled out slowly. Uh, Jen, uh, first, have you seen all the photos? We want to catch up with that. Have, have you seen the the car it's Cara Dune and the Mandalorian ready to fight. The Mando fighting oh, two yeah. Trandoshans in what I thought was Vasquez Rocks in season one Star Trek <laughs> with some action figures. And yeah. the uh, glamping photo with Julia Jones' character, uh, who we now know uh, she was in Twilight, Native American actor, uh, who's uh, on uh, on this adventure now with them, or at least part of it. You, you Did you get a chance to see all of those, Jen? I feel like I saw some of them. I don't know how many there were. I saw the one where it really did look like action figures. I'm looking right. at it right now with the transitions. Like <laughs> it looks like something I would put together. No, yeah. no diss on them. I mean, I'm. <laughs> this is a beautiful yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, but again, it's that whole action figures coming to life out of the toy box I thing. Mean, I'm um, not even saying it to be snarky. I was flipping along Instagram and I went, "Oh, the new toys are released." When I saw him fighting the the, the Trandoshans, yeah, and I'm not that's not me being snarky. I know Mandalorian hasn't been as high on my list as other people for anticipation, but believe me, I really want to see this. 
I, and then I had to look closer and I was like, oh, and I, th- I don't even know that's, that's bad, Joseph. It's just it's what I thought. Yeah, somebody, uh, I, I saw a discussion thread where uh, a photographer was saying it has something to do with depth of field of like yeah. that. I, I won't even try to explain it any, any more than that uh, because I'm not an expert on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that it's just the, the photography style made it look like action figures. So maybe it was a choice to be like, yeah. action figures are awesome, which I agree. Which goes to, the, yeah, we definitely, <laughs> agree, which goes to the theme. So, um uh, Jen, any, any thoughts on it, on the two Trandoshans, one of them not Bosk? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, they look uh, very, I'm looking at the photo now, they look they look pretty fearsome. I would not mess with them. But the one that really, <laughs> to me, she looks like a real badass is Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is definitely one of the stars. I, I didn't know how big her role was going to be, but it definitely does seem like she is mm-hmm. uh, one of the main characters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that that shot of them Uh, 
the action figures so continued the story of Star Wars, and that's why they were important to people because they let you open up your imagination because mm-hmm. you just saw these these characters for a split second, and then you got years to make up the adventures yeah. and to come full circle and have like truly accomplished great storytellers like Favreau go like. I want to fulfill that childhood dream. Yeah. I've been staring into that twin sunset and now I get to do it. It's really cool to me. Yeah. And and, and Jen, I want to kick that to you because yeah, we sometimes will will make a little laugh about it's action figures and everything, but yeah, that's, that's why, how we all built our love of this series is taking it home with us and and keeping it going. So uh, Jen, that's something you can connect with as well. Yeah, and that's what I really love about John Favreau, even though he is this like incredibly successful director of huge franchises, like he is truly passionate about Star Wars or whatever it is, whatever story he's telling. And he just seems like he's really hungry. Like he's a hungry, <laughs> you know, filmmaker and creator. And that's that's kind of I mm. feel like I wouldn't say it's unusual at that level, but you know, he's just he's he's in it. <laughs> he's like yeah. a kid. Um I actually saw an interview with Bryce Dallas Howard this morning, mm. and she was talking about what a great mentor he is and how when she directed an episode, she said he she was really surprised by how giving John Favreau was and how he wa- he wants the show to succeed and he's not afraid to come in and and basically help to move the entire thing forward mm. um and offer advice or or whatever to help to help her succeed and yeah. she said it was a, a dream come true so that's i feel that's like great. yeah i feel like this show was just a really a passion project which, which is really neat yeah, absolutely. Some final quotes about the show here for us to break down. Uh, Pedro Pascal says uh, about The Mandalorian that The Mandalorian would prefer to do the right thing, but, quote, his duties could very much be in conflict with that. And doing the right thing has many faces, and I think that goes back to what we were talking about. Jen, uh, you, you uh, love what Pedro Pascal does. Uh, he might mm-hmm. not, but the mask might not come off. <laughs> Maybe in a quick close-up or something like that, but uh, it seems like mask is on, but the, the purpose is still there. Right, right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the character has been such an, an enigma. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is going to be a mysterious character, even in the show. Yeah. <laughs> maybe by maybe by the end of season one, we'll we'll learn more about the character. You know, little little mm-hmm. pe- peel back those layers. Um, but he is really good at playing these characters that um, are very likable, but also they are questionable about their mm-hmm. motives. And so um, yeah. I can't wait to see what he brings to this role. Absolutely. Joseph, your thoughts on what he's saying there lines up with some of the stuff you were saying earlier. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And it uh, it makes me think that the series is going to lead towards a little bit of it. I think we have sort of a responsibly speculated mm. that he is an honorable Mandalorian. Like, yeah. like mm. Boba and Jango were pretenders, you know, yeah. wearing, wearing the armor. Uh, but that he is somebody who believes in honor, but doesn't have a choice but to do the bounties and just hope like, mm. hey, I need to I need to survive. Maybe yeah. he's sending money somewhere to, to someone else. Hmm. Uh, but that idea of like, I have to take a bounty and every time I get it, I cross my fingers that it's either like taking out someone legitimately awful or helping someone. Yeah. And the ones where I just like, uh, somebody has a petty grudge and you want me to hmm. mow down a totally average citizen. Yeah. Uh, I have to do it, but I hate it. And, and I hope that the show is s- hmm. some time where he's just like, can I do the bounty or, or do I screw up everything yeah. by following what I think is true and right? And I'm hoping that that's the story. That's the emotional journey mm. that I want from this here. Final thing here from uh, Filoni. He teases, I've seen a lot of Star Wars, Dave Filoni says. And what's most exciting to me is what I that I'm very confident we did some things. And fans will see things that have never been seen before. What do we think about that, Jennifer? 
what the heck does that mean? I mean, <laughs> uh, it could mean story-wise. It could yeah. mean characters. It could mean the technology, which they've been teasing for a while. You know, that Favreau yeah. is on the cutting edge of whatever this technology is. Oh, uh, Dave Loney, he's so cryptic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think, I you know, well... I would. I've we've seen an, an IG. We saw IG mm. and Forces of Destiny uh, right. know, be yeah. very aggressive. So I wouldn't say it's that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's character related, character or story related. Yeah, yeah. I, sometimes I think he. I don't think Filoni would be talking specifically about violence or levels of violence or the graphic nature of violence, but yeah. we've already seen some stuff. I'm like, well, I've never seen a guy cut in half by a door. Okay. Yeah. That's new, but I can't imagine he's just referring to that, Joseph. I don't, I think he is referring to story stuff, like Jennifer says, and I think he's referring to, like, just some kind of super nerdy visuals. Like, oh, I, yeah. I was hmm. thinking of this as, like, a joke, but now I'm thinking, eh, maybe. I think it's things like, hey, have you ever seen a hut with a jetpack flying through the air? Like, I think it's gonna be some of those sort of, like, just dumb Star Wars nerd shells. Even ne- oh, it's a quacking monkey lizard with a lightsaber. Never thought you'd see that. Well, we did it. Like I think that's at oh least gosh. partially what he's talking about. They want to fly up. <laughs> Wait, this, now that's all I want to see. That's all I want to see. <laughs> Massive oh flying huts. Oh, flying huts. So that is a look at uh, the Mandalorian. There, uh, a lot of stuff coming. Look, I, don't get me wrong. I am so excited for the show, but I'm excited for the possibility of, of the themes and what they're going to explore. And and the Star Wars morality play that's in front of us. I'm not just excited for pew, pew, pew. That's part of it. Yeah. Slicing people with doors. Pretty cool. But what do you learn from that? (laughs) (laughs) Be careful around doors. Yeah. Uh, uh, Open the blast doors. Uh, Final story. We uh, sometimes, you know, Justin and Jennifer, we we don't necessarily go into all the kind of little uh, rumor reports and gossip reports. But this one is interesting. Ian McDiarmid and and Hayden Christensen, we know them as uh, a couple big Star Wars characters. They've been making the rounds. But they were up at the FanX uh, convention in Salt Lake City, and they were going to do a big panel and supposedly canceled on orders from Disney. Now, we don't have the smoking gun of an email from uh, Bob Iger saying, shut it down, Hogan (laughs) Stern. We don't have any of that. Um, But this is what the headlines read. And the panel was, in fact, canceled. Uh, And the actors have also made an appearance at a children's hospital. And, Joseph, you pointed out another appearance together? They, uh, Yeah, they did some sort of appearance at a screening of Empire Strikes Back where the music was played live by an orchestra. Right. Mm. So rumors are swirling, Jen, that these two could be reunited in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. What say we all, Jen? <laughs> it, it is very odd. I will say that. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that because it's the anniversary, right, mm-hmm. of the Phantom Menace, so maybe that's why Hayden Christensen is out and about well, with Palpatine. The, yeah, like it's just the, the optics as, as of a it. stand-in for Jake Lloyd, or just <laughs> right, like the optics of it are. Are odd, and it mm-hmm. does make me wonder, like, if they were on a panel together, you know, everyone would be just asking them, "Are, right. are you, are you going to be in the Rise of Skywalker?" So, next question: and, Are you going to yeah. be in the Rise of Skywalker? Next question: Hey, are you going to be? Yeah. But look, it worked with Ian. It worked with Ian. Uh, Ian mm-hmm. with uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. All these years <laughs> later, people asked him. That's we true. finally got our wish. So that's true. Um, but yeah, it is a little odd. There, there have been Joseph, where sometimes canceled panels 
do lead to a, a a trail back to the rumors that are true. And other times it's just a canceled panel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, it, it sounds like people on the ground were told this. Mm-hmm. So like at first I always just want to question where did this information actually come from? Right. 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 Because there are, it, it sounds like it was announced at the panel or else anyway, mm-hmm. there's lots mm-hmm. of uh, reasons that maybe there is a misinformation. Right. Uh, you know, there's a video attached to this article where the gentleman describing it is saying, could be that means uh, Palpatine is in episode nine. And I was like, uh-huh, he's on the poster. You know, so I think you do always want to, you know, check your sources. But it, I also do find it believable. Yeah. Because yeah. it really is. If if this is a, you know, I don't know how big this convention is. Right. If it's a smaller one and there's no one from Disney or Lucasfilm has a presence, they haven't sat down and coached, you yeah. know, uh, Certainly right. Hayden Christensen on here's what you can say. Here's how to handle the fact that every question will be, are you in episode nine? I could see them going, hey, hold off. We're going to yeah. announce it soon. Right. right. Hold off. Um, yeah. That, that's how I feel about the actual article. I I, mm-hmm. I, I want uh, Anakin in it. I want yeah. Hayden Christensen in it. And I think he's going to be. I think it just, it, it's a, it's wrapping up the Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. The, the story of the sequel trilogy has been Ray and Kylo largely trying to make their way through the, the baggage of the past. He is a massive part of the baggage of the past. He is the right age. You know, there's, mm. there's nothing mm. to stop him from, from just like physically in the real world yeah. doing it. Uh, so I just feel like mm. it, it seems quite likely Seems to work. Seems to work. Jen, final thought yeah. and Anakin and nine, put your money down on the table. <laughs> you know, honestly, if, uh, if you had asked me, last year i would have said no i don't think so but because he's been making all these appearances i am thinking yes mm. i i feel like he's like okay i'm back he's <laughs> right. back in the in the star wars fold and you know and he's been chatting with lucasfilm and whatnot and so um yeah, yeah i think yeah. i think he feels comfortable to be out and about so how are you we'll feeling about answer. it yeah, how are you feeling about it as, as a fan? Are you excited for the prospect of some amount of Anakin in uh, the rise of Skywalker? Yeah, you know what? Now, <laughs> I am. I, I kind of want it just to be like trotting out the greatest hits. Let's let's bring them all back. Bring <laughs> bring back everyone um, <laughs> because they've been. They're saying they're wrapping up. They're wrapping it up. So let's uh, let's do it right. Right, like this is a big <laughs> concert song, and you, you got to bring Anakin out to sing two this lines, right? This is exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, uh, I yeah I. It's all. It's starting to make me think more that's possible. I didn't think it was possible. I also look. I didn't. I knew nothing about Yoda, and that, when those ears came on the screen in eight, I was like, eh. <laughs> "So I want to be surprised." I'm not going to dig in too deep, but you can't help but think. And it, like you said, Joseph, it all makes sense in and out of the story. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the look at the news, Jen. This has been an absolute thrill. We're, we're going to take a dive into Black Spire, and we know you haven't finished that there, so we'll let you go here. But wow, uh, we, we miss you here, and I'm sure the fans are, are happy to hear from you. I miss you guys too. I miss all of all everyone, all of my <laughs> Force Center family. It's. Oh, it's, it's nice to chat with some adults about Star Wars. It's nice to have an adult <laughs> conversation about the space fantasy movie we like, right? Exactly, about quacking monkey lizards with uh, lightsabers. That's <laughs> my kind of conversation. We are happy to have that anytime. It's so great to, to yeah. hear your voice and hear your thoughts. And uh, oh, we thank can't, you. can't wait for you to return. But as always, no rush, no pressure. You go take care of what you need to do. Way more important. But uh, 
we're all uh, thinking of you and your family and Mala, your dog. That is, uh, you know, <laughs> I heard at the beginning of the call. Uh, I'm sure she's locked up right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, this worked out other than you hear my text tones coming through the phone call because my phone's plugged into the board. But we know how popular you are. Uh, yeah, that's oh. uh, so. Uh, Jen, thank you so much. And, and if you're thank you. a, a newer listener to Force Center, uh, Jen, of course, is our uh, co-founder and co-host, but also uh, presents some great shows that are still available. Happy Beeps and uh, Jedi Beat. You can go back and check that stuff out and, and uh, really dive into Star Wars even more uh, through the uh, wonderful prism of Jen's fandom. All right, Jen, we'll let you go. You go take a okay. nap, all right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Enjoy. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Oops, oh, I pressed it too soon there. All right. <laughs> um, technology is sometimes not always my friend. Get back. Yeah, uh, well, these things happen. Yeah, the, so the, the great. transmission cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Boring conversation anyway. Kidding, it wasn't. No, no, but no. Star Wars quotes are always appreciated. Uh, great to have Jen back. Absolutely. And, uh, take a look at the news. But, uh, Joseph, before we move on to the main story, we do have a our Force Center Recommends, an audio book we think you should try it on us. That is right. We are recommending the book we're reviewing. So if for some reason you want to pause this episode, go download this and then listen to it. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. Uh, we are recommending Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. We're going to tell you everything we think about it. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for a free audiobook. It helps us out a ton, and you get a free audiobook. Everyone wins. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That is absolutely a big win all around. Thank you for picking up that uh, ad as I uh, shut off my phone. <laughs> uh, we are going to dive into this book. All right. And, and Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. Joseph, you're going to take us through it here and, and, I said it uh, before, I'll say it again. I, it was not that I went like, oh, I don't want to read this. I just was like, okay, a book about Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I loved Delilah S. Dawson's uh, first go around with Phasma, but though it took me on a journey that I needed to get to yeah. uh, enjoying the book. And it was a different kind of Star Wars book. And I was just like, okay, I think I'll get to it. And then it was like, well, you know what? I think we should read this. You know, it's, it's, it's part of what we do here. It's our job. And this ended up being one of my favorite Star Wars reads the last couple of years. Yeah, it's really good. But I agree yeah. with you. It's it's a really interesting book. Phasma, I think, is one of them. Feels like the most uh, one of the most rebellious Star mm. Wars books because it's just like, hey, let's go way off the kind of map as we know it, and eventually it meets up with the Phasma that you know and recognize and the politics yeah. you recognize. But it did feel like rebellious. Yeah. And then this book comes out, which. At its worst, on the on the cover, it just could be yeah. an ad to go to Disneyland, right? Disguised as a Star Wars book, right. so there is like this tension of what it will be, and in the book ends up being uh, so many things. It is a setup for mm-hmm. visiting Galaxy's Edge in some ways. It is a sequel to the Phasma book, but it is also like a huge picture of the state of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. It's basically a huge book. They could have just advertised, "Hey, this is the journey to the Last Jedi." Yeah. Like Disneyland could not exist, and yeah. this book would still be, "Hey, you get to figure out." how the resistance is going, catch up with Vi Moratti, uh, and, and, and other characters from Phasma. And there you go. That, that could be this could book. Be uh, so yeah, it's a really interesting, uh, book from a lot of perspectives. As always, when we talk about books, uh, we're going to go full spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't read the book and don't want to hear it, that's fine. Also, um, I've, I kind of tried to help hold back a little bit on like talking about actual physical galaxy's edge. Yeah. I find some of the things in this book hard to discuss without, discussing some of the cool stuff that exists at galaxy's edge so again also like if you're like i want to go physically to the space with absolutely no spoilers of cool stuff you're going to see on the walls Mm -hmm. uh, just a warning that that i'm going to share some more stuff theme park spoiler warning (laughs) in effect what a weird world we live in all right with all those caveats out of the way ken what was your just overall reaction besides being surprised at how much you loved it why did you love it what was your overall reaction it is so easy to be cynical and be like even after you start reading the book and be like this is literally taking the map that disney gives you when you check in on your ticket and go through the front turnstile and say here's the galaxy's edge and literally she walks around at one point and is like order food here get it to go box everything (laughs) you could approach that very cynical in this day and age of fandom 
And I don't generally don't approach things like that. But I, I had a smile on my face reading that, even that part, as the story grows. And it's just like, I'm imagining Delilah Dawson literally walking around the park, taking notes and, 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 and having to hit some points, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then from there, it blossomed into this wonderful, warm story that also has the heart of Star Wars, the heart of rebellion and resistance, and tells a tale and a little micro story. Uh, we got the big galaxy, but it, like you said, it is the first steps of the resistance post Last Jedi. And this is our first look at those steps. And I absolutely loved where it ended up and where it went and, and, and the characters that showed up old and new. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. There's one line I thought was like really funny that was almost like acknowledging that tension mm. when uh, Vi was first getting the assignment to go to Blackspire Outpost and create a base for the resistance where it says like, it sounds like it could just be a fun vacation, but it's actually a serious mission. <laughs> just like, <laughs> so acknowledging that like, yes, this is what you normal humans spend, you know, if you have the money, spend an insane amount of money yeah. to go eat Ronto right. wraps and drink green milks and take selfies uh but for by Maratti, it's a make or break <laughs> mission uh, side note like what every time she'd go into Ogus cantina there was the rules posted yeah like i was like yep anaheim's uh, city code of conduct <laughs> is there alcohol disney's code of conduct is there i've got to imagine yeah. i haven't been there yet uh which is also i i love looking at this book as someone who hasn't been there yet and, and you as someone who has yes uh, our different perspectives on that. yeah that'll be great to, to yeah. get into some of that um i think the the kind of the big picture reasons i liked it i, I loved how fast-paced it is uh, yeah. i love that it was uh it had a sense of, of weirdness, of oddness, you know, mm-hmm. really picking uh, specific different kinds of Star Wars aliens that we haven't necessarily spent as right. much time with, giving them a lot of screen time. It, there, there is that odd tension between, like, it really captured that feeling of Star Wars is a galaxy full of exotic land planets, some more advanced, some less advanced, some more connected, different species with different anatomies. It's mm. kind of the wildness and the weirdness of that uh, combined with like the smashing up of like, no, it's the real physical world. You can walk there. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying, it, it is this, um, it's a real um, almost reclaiming of why do we resist? Why is there the rebellion? It's not you're wearing the the good guy hat and we're wearing the bad guy hat. It's the why. Right. Why would anybody risk their life? And it has such a great mix of like the mm-hmm. inspiring hope of you can stand up to a bully and then a lot of just real and uh, odds are good. You will experience some horrible visceral pain mm. for mm. taking it. It's not just a like a, yep, I stand up and be counted. It's like I stand up and be counted and immediately get my ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a, it, it is that mix of the, adventure and the fun of standing up to the bully with the like no this is this is for real these are real choices and you have to make your own choice and and we'll talk a little bit later i'm sure but like one of the characters kind of is like i i can't get involved but i can help in some way and there's a way that the one of the shopkeepers does later on and and, and yeah it's a realistic take wrapped up in just this fun little adventure with these wonderful characters um and you mentioned the pacing Having just we just read Thrawn, which is a slower pace, and Zahn is very meticulous in a lot of descriptions. This one moved. Uh, disclosure: like I, I, I'm supposed to have this book finished, you know, before our recording day here, and my week went a little weird, and I didn't. And I had, as of I woke up this morning, 85 pages to read in one day. Now that's not a lot, right? Yeah. But you're like, I was like, I have to take the whole morning to get through it. I, f- I finished it in like 40 minutes because it moves so fast. Yeah, the end in particular, yeah. you know, it, it just kicks ass. And I feel like a lot of the books in the new canon have a little bit more of the adventure serial, mm-hmm. or like original trilogy recipe where they move fast. Uh, but 
and have a little bit of a kind of cinematic flair. Like yeah. Thrawn, hey, that it's it's a different beast, and that's the way Zon writes. That makes sense for for Thrawn. He it's a meticulous story about a meticulous character. Yeah. But it was a fun contrast to go from this and like right. how much like just the chapter lengths vary. Where they're oh, just yeah. like, hey, if all we need is two and a half pages to check in on how our Chadra fan friend is feeling, yeah. that's what we get. And then we move on. And also, you know, a lot of them are cliffhangers. A lot of them are like, well, okay, we kind of settled the emotional issue in Vi's mind and she takes a deep breath and then bam, right. uh, an exciting thing happens, which pro- propels you into the next chapter. So yeah. just the way it's structured really gets that adventure serial we just resolved one problem, only to yeah. immediately be attacked by the next one. Feel very star. I, 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 you hear me uh, poking around with the, the book. Yeah, I was. I was like, did I couldn't remember she numbered the chapters, but yeah, she does. And and uh, as someone who loves George R. R. Martin stuff, it sometimes does that thing of how many more hundreds of pages do I got to go to finish <laughs> this one, one chapter? chapter right. Uh, and I read a lot, but sometimes you're gonna go. It it, it just it's mentally too. You're like, oh, I've, I've got this. And next thing you know, I got eighty five pages done. So I. I really enjoyed, but it's not more, it's more than just a actual pacing. It, the story just moves. But when, like you said, this is that thought, that's complete moment. We move on, we move on, we move on. And, and it, and it made the moments more impactful to me. Yeah. Yeah. It propels yeah. you and, yeah. and celebrates each individual little thought. All right. So I wanted to discuss any other like favorite moments or ideas. You, you've talked about kind of some big picture stuff, but were there some kind of some specific things that really spoke to you? There were some sweet moments with the farm boy character, Dolan, that I really liked. Okay. Um, that made sense. And some tr- sad ones. Uh, his uh, grandmother, uh, what, Grana, I believe her name is? Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, just kind of running away, like, turning him away here. Uh, I, I really felt that uh, he, I really liked that character. The Archex Cardinal character, you and I, you made a joke to me last week off air of you and I like our middle aged broken men in Star Wars. <laughs> and I really like that. Uh, and then, without going too much detail right now, but there was a sequence towards the cusp of the big battle that um, sh- with the quick chapters, it felt like Return of the King or Game of Thrones episode uh, when the battle's the next episode and you spend a moment with each character. And I was surprised at the emotional punch of that in this book that, again, feels like at the beginning you're walking around a theme park. I I love it. It's one of my favorite sequences in Star Wars books. Yeah. It was really good. It was really powerful because, yeah, we we built up why each of them had to fight and then checked in with them at that moment of, like, the the true horror of I don't know if I'm going to survive. I don't know if I have the courage. Will I run away halfway through what I'm supposed (laughs) to be doing? You're like, yeah, that, and it was all character based. And and I loved any any scene with the, the, what's the guy, Zand? Zan Calliday. Oh, yeah. Zaphod Beeblebox. Z- yes. <laughs> for, for Star Wars. Thank you. Thank you. Zaphod As a Hitchhiker's fan, yeah. that's exactly where I went. But also, anytime, yeah, no, anytime he was on screen, I was going to say on page, I pictured like an artful Dodger outfit, like like he was in uh, England in uh, 1905. I don't know why. He just had this like, all right, let's all, I say, let's go out and fight them. But I, it, And I love the character. Yeah. Very well done. Very, very well done. Um, so for myself, you know, I already talked about how the, the kind of uh, adventure serial pacing. I really love Vi's knitting. It was established in Phasma. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. such a great, yeah. just real detail of letting a character be fully well-rounded. Of Vi is a master spy. She's a good with the blaster. She's, you know, she can kick ass. Yeah. A lot of great stuff about her. Um, a lot of great writing about her. Putting Vi in a little bit of the sort of, I would say, classic 
Harrison Ford role of the hero with the aches everywhere. You know, oh, where, where she's just like, oh, man, uh, I can do this, but I'm getting a little older and God, my back hurts. And yeah. combining that with like the knitting of something my wife knits, uh, I, I wrote a murder mystery about uh, a knitting group once, uh, a play, two act play. Uh, Sign me up. But it, it has that really bit of humanity. I'm just like, I need something kind of flowing and therapeutic and something where also just like, look, I made a thing and now it exists. Yeah. I'm fighting for concepts. Mm. And I don't know in my lifetime if I'll ever see them come to pass. Yeah. But here I knit this thing and it's real. And also just that great underdog story of like, look, this woman's got a hard life. All she wants to do is knit and people keep stealing yeah. her knitting. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just powerful and fun uh, at the same time. Uh, yeah. Me. Character of Vibe is, is spectacular and, 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 and was a, a, a great aspect of the, of the Phasma novel and uh, front and center it really worked in the whole Indiana Jones sequence of going through the ruins yeah, and it's the a, temple yeah, yeah a, a penitent man shall pass type of sequence I really <laughs> I really like that and it felt it was a good homage yeah and, and it was you know Vi is walking around the park you can uh, ask her for a picture uh, they've all been trained they'll say we can do a scan because that's the in-world world uh, word for picture uh, so like, as I was reading it's like this character is so cool and I already have a picture with them. That's so awesome. I went through today just to make sure her name was uh, uh, Vibarati, right? Yeah. I, and I went in to look at some videos, and I saw I just stumbled onto a ton of YouTube videos of people interacting with the various performers playing yeah. this character at the park. And I, I, I watched 20 of them. And some are like, you could tell the, the performers like, Please stop talking to me. I have a lunch break that I got to go to, but I've got I've got to play along with you, uh, and 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 it was just really fun, and that made me really want to go to the park. Yeah, to get a scan. Yeah, and the the uh, I believe I saw two different performers because I was there for thirteen hours, uh, and they both had the energy of this character in in the book. This great sense of right. humanity, but a great sense of humor to sort of like downplay, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like, I think she said to me, like, I, I, I need to go. The first order is coming. I can smell their stupidity from here. <laughs> like, just great sort of. Uh, so it lined up is very yeah. cool to, to line up. Um, another thing that I a specific moment I really liked that was the connection to the park and to larger Star Wars. OK, so once you got into the park uh, and really got into the merch area. There's a stall that's not actually, uh, uh, at least the day I was there, it's not manned. It doesn't actually sell anything. It's just um, for the texture and background of a bunch of carvings. Mm. And there is a carving Mm. of the Jedi symbol by these two uh, large porg carvings. And it's just kind of, it's in a corner of the space. You can't, it's not an actual store where you can go in and buy things. Okay. So she rounds the corner and is like, oh, a Jedi symbol. Interesting. These two weird birds. And then she goes into the cantina and she's like, hey, there are taps for all the drinks. There are those birds again, those weird birds. And it was so cool not to just have her see these like very specific details, not like a, something super large. It's not like I noticed the Thai echelon, uh, partially because yeah. it's not there that canonically we'll talk about that. <laughs> but it's not a big, obvious thing. It's little details. And then on top of it, it's something that's so known, yeah. so talked about, so beloved uh, by many of us in the Star Wars community of Porgs mm. and Vimerati, world galaxy <laughs> traveler, doesn't know what that weird bird is. But we, the audience, do. And we get to wonder what is it? Who, who were there porgs here once? Yeah. You know, and one of the, uh, one of the, um, taps is Luke's lightsaber hilt from his green blade. 
Okay. At Galaxy's Edge, and she noticed like, oh, that's a lightsaber hilt. These people do seem to have respect for the the past and the Jedi, but wow. it, so it dances between that. The Galaxy's Edge is obviously has some things in it that's for Star Wars fans. So like, yeah, yeah, it looks like Saber Hill. It's the Porks, but then there is work to be like, why do people on Batu know these things, yeah. and why why are they, why would they celebrate them? And to have her have that sense of mystery about it. There's just it's so funny and interesting from so many different angles mm. that she doesn't know what a porg or that that's specifically Luke Skywalker's hilt. Blown away by the detail, both now in the park, which we've all been hearing from the beginnings. But yeah. That, but even more respect hearing you describe that again, talking about the perspective of me not being there yet. Of Delilah S. Dawson again, I don't know this. Walks it walks around with a notebook, a notepad, and makes notes. And yeah. and, and Matt Martin and, and Leland Chi and Pablo Dago say there's there there's that there's that or whatever happens. I you know yeah, I maybe just the plans. Yeah, yeah, maybe the plans and and then the, the Imagineers. I know she credited them at the end of the book too. Um, and to you know as a creative, just to to it's one thing to create with a blank slate, but when you have to start hitting notes and hitting points, that can get clunky. And it doesn't, other than a couple moments, and I don't mean clunky in a bad way, but just like I laughed about the, I keep going to the to-go box. <laughs> That's fun. That's cheeky to me. Yeah, but it is. But it, the it, detail's it, impressive. The details, yeah. So there, there were things in it that took it away from just like, yep, mm. you also can go buy a head wrap at that, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, or a robe or a scarf or I can't remember mm. what it was that she bought exactly. Uh but like all of, she stops and she buys food and she buys clothing and she looks at the toy shop and like you can do those things too but it doesn't feel like a commercial because of those fun mm. in universe details of why do people on black spire know porgs and celebrate them but by Moratti does not i love that you know just mm. yeah lots of ton, tons of great stuff like that um any other favorite moments or specific little ideas uh, the, the, the big themes, I mean, they got me in the end, uh, uh, some, the, the, the results of some of the characters' journeys, the flashback with, uh, uh, Zand and Val, Valtros, his, his partner, who he oh, lost, yeah. uh, as things were revealed, and then, um, you know, I, I know we're talking about characters, but I just, there, there's the, that, that final sequence, it's not just because I read it today, uh, <laughs> I was blown away of just, like, you you set up this journey, and it's very similar. It's very similar to Phasma, like you said. It's this journey, and you're learning the characters, and they're brand new, and it's not uh, Luke, Han, and Leia, and, and it's not Poe, Ray, and Finn, and then you get pulled in, and it's still a Star Wars story. That was Phasma for me, and this was this one. And along the way, just these little oddballs. She's collecting all these oddballs, <laughs> and to have it work in a way where Creaky, the Shadra fan, yeah, is is. You've seen it from her perspective. Uh, it's just like it really. It was, it, it was surprisingly emotional. Just how much it made yeah. you care. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, care for these little oddballs. Yeah, we'll talk about some oddballs, mm-hmm. man. Uh, but is there any stuff that you didn't like or questioned? Uh, no, anything, anything, nothing big. Anything of uh, just the 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 tour of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, you know, you were aware of it uh, when she's describing the clothes of the, the people essentially that are cast members of Disney. And I mean, yeah. again, but it was a charm and I, and I smile all the way through it knowing yeah. that, you know, if you were given the chance to write a star Wars novel and they say, you just have to 
step-by-step take us through the theme park, you're going to go, yeah, okay, let me tackle that. And Delilah S. Dawson did it so well. Uh, the couple real-world, I don't have any specific examples, a couple real-world turns of phrases or moments, and not necessarily like you talk about the the, the knitting is, is very real-world as well. Right. It, 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 along the line of some of the stuff, like Finn's line, you got a boyfriend, cool, so, you know, cool boyfriend or something like that, where I was like, oh, okay, I guess in this new era, the sequel era, the Age of Resistance, our heroes now speak a little more normally, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. It did a couple, it, it, I noticed it every time. Okay, there's just some turns of phrase. Yes. From the actual dialogue of the characters. Yeah, and that's not that's not a, 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 a slight on her or the book. It just seems like this happens a lot more now, even the comics. Yeah, yeah. I and think, I just have to get used to that. Yeah. I think the only thing that bumped me was kind of a similar thing, but it wasn't really about the book. It mm. was about creative choices for the Black Spire Galaxy's Edge experience, mm. which is I like some of those details like Luke's lightsaber helter, the Porg, but a lot of the drinks and food start for me to uh, mm. uh, stretch the in-world truth of like yeah. the Dagobah Slug Slinger. You know, like she has that a couple of times. That's a drink that you can have there, and that's right. cool. But like, hey, jet juice makes sense to me as an in-universe drink because right. we've been explained. Like it's this hooch that you make on engines. Uh, but Dagobah in-universe is not a super well-known yeah. planet, right? And the yeah. same thing with like, yeah. Tauntauns in current canon, I don't think they exist off of Hoth. I could right. be wrong about that. Uh, but there's like a Tauntaun fuzz. It's the accumulation of too many words that we in the real world know because it's from Empire Strikes Back versus uh-huh. is that the go-to thing? Like mm. Bespin Fizz, fine. Bespin's probably yeah, a well-known yeah. destination, you know, uh, or something named after Coruscant. Great. But you start to get to like... It's an accumulation of too many for me. Yeah, more well known by real world people than in galaxy people. Names I, for things. Yeah, the Wampa one was coming up there. Yeah, there was a, there was one moment again. They, this is an example of stuff that, that that I didn't like as much. It's just you notice it. Uh, I uh, when uh, Zan's talking about how he first started drinking at like twelve, or he's in a canteen at twelve, and he was yeah. dressed up as a Jawa. And he was like, and I, you know, I kept saying you teeny to try to fit in. I, I laughed. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that's a very real world thing. Right. Us going, you teeny, like, uh, you teeny, <laughs> like that, that. But I guess it doesn't mean a character in Star Wars who has been around a Jawa wouldn't know that's what they say. Yeah. But it just was like, it was, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that. It absolutely can be explained, right? Oh, it, yeah. And it's just a matter of like how, how, which ones stretch a little bit too much for you. Yep. Um, yeah. And there are definitely some fun things uh, about this book where it was like, oh, I feel, I feel even more immersed when I go back to Galaxy's Edge and other things that because a real world and real people were so well drawn in this book, mm. it will be weirder that the First Order has a merch shop. Like yeah. <laughs> you can cover it by like, hey, it's propaganda, you know, yes, and that's yeah, the way yeah, it's presented yeah. in the park of like, you should believe in us. You should wear our merch. Right, right. Here's a statue of a Sith trooper that you should worship. Like yeah. it works. But when you read something as real as this book, then you go like, okay, they're, yeah. they're selling t-shirts. Okay. Okay. It's weird. Yeah, well, they're it's, not even literally selling t-shirts. Yeah. They're selling, you know, more in-world merch. It's but. like what a lot of people in Solo didn't like the, the Imperial March used as an actual theme song for yeah. the Empire. I get it. But I love, we've been around this galaxy long enough now where I love some of the cheeky nods, but I know what you mean. You, yeah. I, to me, you just, you, you notice it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, specific characters uh, you, you talked yeah. about a lot. Um, I did. But is there a specific one? You said you like Dolan. 
I like Dolan. I don't know. It was, it was a play on the simple farm boy trope, right? right? Yeah. So, but I was fascinated by, I don't, I kept thinking of like Shyamalan's The Village. Like all these people were like, we don't even go on but two. What's a blaster? <laughs> yeah. Like what, I, uh, I was really fascinated by that, but I just liked, there was a sweetness to him of, there's one phrase where he's just, he's like, I'm part of the resistance now. <laughs> wow. And with his crank bike and his uh, Waba, you know, oh, yeah, hog his, pet. Yeah. Uh, his the, pig dog. Pig dog yeah. or whatever it was like, uh, all that was great. Archex, yeah, without a doubt, Archex. I was very happy. I, I don't know why I missed it. Maybe I'm sure they announced. It. I don't. I didn't know Cardinal Archex would be in it. Uh, so I loved. Uh, you know, you're right. Broken down old men and uh, Star Wars and Game of Thrones is what I like. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, uh, Creaky, uh, Zan, all all the secondary characters. Okay. You, I, every time I uh, a Shadravan comes up, I think of you. I, I love the Shadravans. And what was it? the other one? Was it? Uh, it was in Inferno Squad. Yeah. Inferno Squad. Similar, they they're similar vibe in a, in a in a great way. Real connective thread between that that species. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that they have that they generally have a, a kind of a genial, friendly, mm-hmm. empathetic uh, a streak to them, yeah. and a kind of a curiosity, and they're good with tech. Yeah, because uh, that was that character's role as well. I'm I'm spacing that character's name right now, but yeah, Creaky was in yeah. my list of favorite characters. Really I also it. just liked, I liked that it was different not only just different people having different reasons to go, okay, I have to push back against the first order, but mm-hmm. coming from really different cultures, yeah. while physically being close together yeah. of the kind of the well-traveled, you know, different take on the standard star Wars smuggler scoundrel. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the farm boy who knows technology exists, but his culture just says, we don't use yeah, it We're good. to a chatter fan. is like, everybody looks at me and thinks of me yeah. as something diminutive and unimportant because mm-hmm. of my size. And like, Mm-hmm. I I really loved the strong character perspectives and Creaky was just likable. Yeah, that just like Sweet. just a little motivational poster of a Chadra fan of like I don't <laughs> know if I can do this, but I need to, so I'm going, going to. to. I'm going to find a way. I'm so scared, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> it was just like you're right, yeah. Creaky. Thank yeah. you. No, so the, with the sequence when uh, when when Vi's dealing with her and her boss Gaul Gaul or whatever uh, G O L. Yeah, uh, and he's kind of like she won't join the resistance. I, I'd like to join the resistance. <laughs> like, it was just a paraphrase. It was it was a great scene. Yeah, and Archex I loved too to just get to mm-hmm. see in the mind of somebody who is coming out of brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And I loved the um, the complexity of that scene where he was finding a room of his own in the temple mm-hmm. to go and do his rigid first order training and movement because that idea of like, I reject the philosophy behind what they taught me, mm. but this is where I find comfort is from rigidity and order. Because it's mm-hmm. what I know. It's my it's my home. Like what a what a beautiful, both simple and complicated scene and truth of humanity. There there was some real power to that, and I uh, gravitated towards that moment. A series of of, of words and chapters there with Archex. Uh, there's a point where he's like, I don't know. I knew what I was in the first order. I don't know what I am yeah. in the resistance, and I don't. And and no one, you know, I need to be told what to do. Not that it, not it's not that simple, but just I always go like I always look to Ray and Force Awakens, and and she's dreaming of wanting off Jakku, but she really doesn't ever want to. She doesn't want to go, and so it, because she's afraid and she's waiting and all those kind of things, and she builds up these routines that keep her there, uh, and that keeps you know. So you could still say, oh, I'm dreaming. I'll run into in real life. Like I have some goals. 
are you working towards him? Oh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm dreaming about him because it's scary out there yeah. when you don't know the next step that is so unknown. And I, that really made a lot of sense. It wasn't just see that he, I love that he wasn't just like, yep, I'm good. I'm on the resistance. It was a journey to even get to his 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 end, his, his story end here, and it's a great powerful powerful sequence. Yeah, yeah. Archex so is is big up there for me, but we're gonna dive into some big picture themes, and I, I think this goes with Archex, and that's the idea that trauma matters both in the big picture and the small picture. We spend a lot of time of uh, Vi recovering from being tortured in Phasma, and Vi experiencing torture again, and the that she's gonna keep going, mm-hmm. but the, the trauma is absolutely coming with her. Um, Archex, uh, I love that he gets sent uh, by the Resistance to uh, the planet of the Syrians, the Kiadimundi peoples, mm-hmm. uh, to learn to meditate. And he's got a great line, I'm paraphrasing, of like, being in the moment is for people who aren't in pain. <laughs> like, So this that idea that he's in constant physical yeah. pain, that idea that there's some things that even in Star Wars Advanced Medicine can't fix and his leg's never going to be right. His lung's never going to be right. Uh, I thought that was great. And then mm. pairing all that with the uh, aftermath, which we haven't got to see a lot of mm. storytelling of the Hosnian cataclysm and the reality yeah. of that, uh, of not even being able to comprehend that level mm-hmm. of destruction. So did that affect you? What did you think about that general theme of trauma is real and it stays with you? And, and big and small, it was so great because you have just a, a, a creaky losing uh, someone close on that. Yeah. And, and what that, means to her and 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 then you've not loved like it was a fun sequence but Archek's like i did i was on my i never left my star store i didn't know yeah i knew there was star killer i didn't know like i didn't and it made me leave so him dealing with that uh uh zan dealing with him his secret trauma yeah that was pretty fresh and new uh of of that and just seeing what different traumas do and how you can recover from it. And, and, and sometimes that recovery for me, recovery from those kind of things might be stepping outside yourself to connect to something bigger, even just for a moment. So you don't put your own pain, uh, in focus all the time. Uh, that was there too, with them kind of all coming together, but then that what they're choosing to do has, it comes out of that pain yeah and it's so therefore it's fighting back against the trauma too yeah it's, it's all there trying to prevent the trauma from other people uh, yeah is this very noble thing it's not this like mm-hmm. and it's not a rejection of their own pain it's not running right. away from their pain no it's hey let's uh, this is the cause of the pain over here mm-hmm. the first order let's let's stop it to the best of our ability yeah yeah Super pos- uh, powerful stuff to me. Um, and, uh, sorry, weird no. can- weird canon note. I love that the Hosnian Cataclysm. Like, cool. Uh, uh, you know, not cool, but like, okay, that is what we got. That's the name for That's it, That's the right? name for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah instead of just, the, yeah. yeah, the Battle of Hosnian yeah. system isn't fair. So, yeah, the Hosnian Cataclysm. Yeah. The Red Wedding, they're calling it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I like that no one believes the First Order is their problem until the boot is on their neck. And mm-hmm. you, you've talked about it elegantly already of how each character experiences that in some way. But I love that Black Spire Outpost has always been an out of the way thing. And like that great scene where Vi just kind of goes for it right away when she's working with the gatherers and they go out to drink at uh, Oga's Cantina. And she's just like, no, the resistance really bad. Believe me, they did all those awful things. And it's really relatable while these people like, well, the, the clone wars mostly passed us by. Yeah. Galactic civil war mostly passed us by. Why is this one going to be a problem for us? Uh, yeah. in getting to hear these stories of like, okay, well, when they start to see, like, it just means it's simple as, hey, some people punched mm. an older woman selling <laughs> merch in the street. Yeah. And like, there. Now now the it's problem there. is on your doorstep. It's there. Yeah. 
it, it is this thing that's gone back to the beginning of the sequel trilogy era that is uh, different to me from the Empire and that the Empire's very clearly it's very similar but Empire's in place it's very clear what's going on and 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 you can make a choice based on that but the JJ brings back this first order or Michael Arndt, Lawrence Kasdan whatever the whole team um and JJ said this is like the idea of Nazis if they'd gone to Brazil and and reformed and then in the real world that 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 now and, and the climate that 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 works but it's like just looking at the idea of I could look at a, at a at a white supremacist rally in the news right now and go, well, that is real right in front of me. Yeah. But if you tell me, hey, you know, you ever hear the story of like uh, some of the Nazis went down to Brazil? And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. I'm not worried about that. You yeah. know, like. Yeah, they're not coming to Burbank. They're not coming yeah. to Burbank. Exactly. And this is the Nazis coming to Burbank, reformed. Yeah. <laughs> and and that comes from J.J.'s idea. And, and, and a lot of people don't like the First Order. It's this reboot of what we knew before. Yeah, yeah it is. Absolutely. But it's them going, we can do it bigger and better, but also no one believes it. And I saw someone tweet the other day. I can't remember. No need to call them out. But they were just like, ah, you know, uh, why didn't the New Republic support Leia? It's like you're, you're clearly missing what's going on here is is this threat ro- rose and, and, and grew. Leia and a lot of people said no one believed it on a big scale. And right. why? Because on a small scale in Batu, everyone's like, eh, Clone Wars were all right. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, they just the first order is just over in their little corner. I mean, that goes yeah. back to World War II and the policy yeah. of appeasement of like, yep. yeah, he's yelling about <laughs> doing some really horrible stuff, but he's not going to do it. He, that, it's just Poland. Yeah. Oh, it's just oh, it's oh. just uh, you're up. Yeah. Okay, but it's not. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that story is, you know, it, it, it is. You know, it's really told well in Leia, Princess of Aldron of yeah. We want peace. You know, we yeah. want to not have to have conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's been really great about this era of storytelling of kind of reminding you when conflict is mm-hmm. unavoidable, unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, and, and this this in particular tells it in this small society space uh, really well. Uh, I liked also along with that, that uh, this idea we talked about a little bit of like standing up to bullies, mm-hmm. but at a cost. At cost. And I, I one of the most compelling uh, versions of that to me when Vi knows like I'm going to blow my cover. But the whole point of this is to stop these kind of abuses when the mm-hmm. First Order is hitting, you know, the older woman. I can't remember the character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, and there's, it, it, it affected me very much because as a mm-hmm. reader, I'm like, Vi, you got more important things to do. Right, right. And like there's a tiny part of me that is making that argument to myself of like, mm-hmm. don't intervene while an innocent person is being brutalized. Right. And she gets herself captured. She knows she doesn't have a way out, but she does it anyway because that's the point. Yeah. That was really powerful to me. It comes up a lot and a lot and, and uh, how uh, Zan lost his uh, his partner, his business partner there. She, she Enough was enough and stood up to them, you know, yeah. and, and it cost. And, and so that hangs over his decisions too. Yeah, he wants revenge, but he knows death is a possibility and um, just the base level of, yeah, I'm going by, you hearing your story. And a friend in junior high used to get picked on, and he knew every fight he was going to lose, but he'd stand up for himself, you yeah. know? And uh, it was admirable. And this, stay down, please, wait. But he's going <laughs> to get back up, because this, what you're doing isn't right. Yeah. And uh, that's a, that's an important, powerful real-life theme. Yeah, it, and I, I do like that it comes with, uh, that, that they show that it's hard, that it's not impossible, yeah. but it's hard, and that that's really what makes it heroic, because I think we have a lot of stories that, that are kind of feel good. 
mm-hmm. where you stand up to the bully and then everybody comes around you goes, yeah, <laughs> like often in real life, you stand up to the bully and maybe one person joins you yeah. and everybody else goes back to lunch. Yep. Uh, and I liked it. It told because it, it, it's a small, interesting yeah. human story, but it is also the story of where the resistance is at is, yeah. but I was just like, every time I get knocked down, maybe two more people will stand up with me and we will slowly, and that's what's happening you you theorize all across the galaxy with the resistance right now. This book, Delilah S. Dawson, has written what I feel is the blueprint for the resistance following episode eight. Yeah. It, this is how they will grow. We keep asking, what does it all mean? And Ray's got a broken lightsaber, and Leia says, we've got all we need right here. What, 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 a, a porg and, a, and nine of them? Like, what is it? No, this is what it is. And and they do it so well, we'll sure, sure we'll get into some Leia stuff of just Leia going, can't come. But it sounds, sounds like you're doing okay. Yeah. No, we're not. No, you got everything you need. And this is how the resistance will rise uh, following The Last Jedi. Yeah. I think Delilah S. Dawson really captured that well. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully told. Uh, we talked a little bit already uh, about the Galaxy's Ed connections, but I did want to dive into it just a little bit more specifically. Um, uh, yeah. So did it, did it at all feel like an advertisement at all? to you, and I guess more importantly, did it make you want to go to Galaxy's Edge more or less, since you haven't been there yet? 100% more. Okay. And I'm already like, hey, let's get there. Yes, uh, and like I said up top, like you could absolutely approach this book and some specific chapters completely cynical. And you and I talked about some little things that had to be put in there, the Dagobah, Mudslingers, whatever. Yeah. Again, that's the menu, and there might be part of that. Uh, it's all tied together. Yeah, you could absolutely uh, focus determines your reality. That's what we say <laughs> here, right, Joseph? Uh, I loved it, and I walked. Uh, I imagined her walking around, and I thought to myself, because also the ruins. I know that's where the X wing is, right at the park, right? And another yeah. ship as well. Yeah. Another ship. Yeah. Okay. So so very exciting. I hadn't and needed, didn't initially when she's in the ruins. I didn't initially make that connection. Yeah. And then I think some point I ended up on a Galaxy's Edge. Uh, map uh on my phone or something like i can't remember um and uh i went oh that's the ruins yeah and i was like i can't okay i can't wait to go i you know i i want to i want to have a youtube video of me talking about marathi <laughs> <laughs> until uh, they're annoyed yeah because <laughs> and this this brought that to life where now i know every little i'm gonna go look for those rules now yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll be able to find them after you have to wait in line. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it, having already been there, it it there was like one or two points where like, oh, okay, yeah. There's no way that we can get to this level of reality. Um, there's a certain amount of like, yeah. Th- there's not as many alien creatures walking around. You're not going to yeah. see Oga, right? Uh, right. Right. Uh, unless they add the character. There's other characters you're not gonna okay. see. You know, you're, you're not going to see a bunch of uh, Chadra fans. Do I get to uh, meet Savi? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I'll still go. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we could talk about that uh, a bit. Um, but for me, it's just like it, spending that time in that society, mm-hmm. they already did a good job of really making it feel real. Mm-hmm. But making it feel even more of that distinction of like, oh, the, that uh, that teen who, you know, cleaned up my thermal detonator Coke mm-hmm. bottle at the uh, docking bay seven after I had my shack roast. <laughs> like he's lived, his family has <laughs> lived here for centuries and here's his perspective. Yeah. Uh, it just enriches the story. And man, it just, I, it made me want to go to that resistance area to mm. just appreciate the hard work that Fine <laughs> did. Right. Cause when I went there the first time, it's like, I knew this happens on a specific day in Canon. Right. Right. Uh, spoiler, the book sets that up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it didn't have this backstory of Leia saying, we need little outlets everywhere. Mm. This is a good one. You've got nothing, basically. Yeah. Build something out of nothing. And then you get to walk around in the something that she built. Love it. You know, and that's uh, where the Rise of Resistance ride is going to be, mm. uh, I think, is is the uh, the temple. Gotcha. Is, uh, yeah. is what I expect. Uh, so, yeah, it just made me it made me want to go back more and just appreciate appreciate uh, the work that Vimerati did. I can't wait. I'm saving up my allowance. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some of the specific kind of canon moments and choices that popped out to me. If you got any in your list, uh, throw them out. Mm. Uh, uh, a big one in a one that uh, intersects with the real world is Vimerati being ace or asexual. Uh, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Did you ha- have uh, any reactions to that choice oh, great choice uh something needed uh, great i thought it was a great moment with our checks too and how it played out and and uh it's uh, we always talk about the importance of of uh, all all things being represented in star wars and here's another step forward so yeah that was good yeah and it made sense for the character too yeah i really i really liked it just from the the perspective of yeah diversity and representation uh but there was it also just played so well in this particular story that there was like a a moment for it to, to rise to the surface in yeah. such an interesting way. I like that Archex shared with Finn this sort of like, I know everything ever about the F-11D blaster, right. but other things in the real world, like when do you kiss people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. You know, he's, he had this this same child, like I've been kidnapped and, you know, uh, yeah. uh, brainwashed for my entire life. So yeah. having that contrast with like, I don't understand which levels of intimacy are what, yeah. For her then to be able to reply, maybe somebody else would want to kiss you, but I just, yeah. I'm not interested in yeah. kissing. That's not how I express my passion in, in life. Yeah. Uh, it's you, To bring in the Finn stuff, yeah, that's why I always, like, I think a lot of people, uh, not forcing our listeners, a lot of people miss just Finn, just like him him connecting with even Poe and his jacket is like, that's the first human connection. Because yeah. Kath goes into it of just like, yeah, you know, this Archix was a Cardinal was a friend of mine. Well, there's no real friends in the first order. Like, there's no connections. It's so yeah. sterile. Yeah. You don't even get to eat food. You're eating paste. Like, so th- that whole sequence played out well. Yeah. 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 It was a great sequence, a great uh, propelling, and, and just, uh, I think, really deepened the character of Vi. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, there's this mention of Green Team and an upcoming mm-hmm. plan to infiltrate a Star Destroyer of one of the many things that the small band of resistance left was working on. Mm-hmm. Did that strike you as just a random detail? Uh, was it something from the comics that I haven't encountered, uh, setting no. up something else? How did it strike you? I, I absolutely, number one, this could be the Rise of Resistance. Um, mm. And there's a oh, lot yes. of moments. Yes. A lot of moments, some stuff with Leia. Anytime Leia came back on, and then the way she was, and it's just general, like uh, not generally, but she's just described it in general. She seems tired and there's some weight on her soul. Yeah. I'm like, what just happened? Right. That we're going to learn about. What book, comic, <laughs> famous yeah. battle did she just like, uh, magpies calling me? Like, Hold on. Hold on. Uh, so yeah, yeah the green yeah. team, that's what I took it as. I think that's, uh, that's great. I think it is the setup for the rise of resistance. Okay. The ride. That's awesome. Uh, this is just a detail that struck me. The New Republic outlawed pod racing. I love that detail. I don't. I want more pod racing. <laughs> you were offended. Grace and I tried to play Racer's Revenge the other day. Spoiler <laughs> didn't go well for either of us. Uh, but I was uh, like, I just love pod racing. The I want game more. is having revenge on the players. I want Team Toplegius the third. <laughs> uh, I just love that detail, particularly because uh, yeah. it's you know it's presented to us in Phantom Menace as dangerous, but also tied into the 
you know, underworld. Yeah. Then of yeah. course the new Republic would be like, nah, no, we don't want that. Let's, let's outlaw that. Um, so savvy, we haven't talked much about that element yeah. of how much, uh, that Vi worked with the gatherers, met the character Yelena, uh, met the character savvy. It's savvy's workshop, uh, where you build the lightsabers, okay. uh, at, uh, galaxy's edge. Okay. Uh, how did all that play for you? Not, Having, not having some of that experience, uh, it, it played very well. Uh, I quickly picked up on what it is and and where and 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 a wonderful not justification that's a sometimes negative word, but a just a reason for this to be the spot where you built the lightsabers. Right. It, so it worked. Everything about it worked, and, and the connection that we're about to talk about made it work even more. Yeah, yeah. I loved how they handled it in the book that Vi never fully figured out, again, what we in the real world get to know if mm-hmm. we go to Galaxy's Edge or read about it, uh, that that's yeah. the, you know, canonical setup for why you would be able to build a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that that never comes out, but she does learn that they're into the force. Uh, and, and <laughs> really the, down with uh, the force. I have the gleam, which means <laughs> I'm a decent person. Okay. But Savi... Uh, knows and has worked with Laura Santeca. What did that do for you? Love that, man. I, I hear all the time, hey, this modern Star Wars doesn't collect and connect into the lore. The lore, I don't think people know what the word lore means half the time, but lore, <laughs> literal lore. evil twin brother on yeah. Star Trek. The literal lore of Laura Santeca, the, the, uh, you know, I want to know more about that <laughs> character. I really do. And I don't need to know it all right now. But it's a similar, so also what that meant for me too is it's a similar vibe. Church of Force guy, not a Jedi user, similar to Mace Sabian, Maz Kanata, definitely the Guardians of the Wills and Rogue One, everything. Uh, and so me immediately painted a nice picture of Savi, too, of what I, you know, if you're going around the galaxy and you believe in the Force, uh, you're collecting things, you, you're not, you know, you get it, um, but also you don't pick up a lightsaber yourself. Like, oh, my, cool, this is the character we got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love more of what I think of as these Force-aware characters, mm-hmm. uh, like Lyra Urso in... in uh, was the yes. same way in the Rogue One novelization where she's like, I can kind of feel these emotions mm-hmm. and these energies, but I could I could never control them. Yeah. They could never speak to me. Uh, and I love that connecting Savvy to Laura Santeca to make it more of these kind of forceware people. And I think just really fleshing out that galaxy of like, we really want the Jedi to come back. We really actually think well of the yeah. Jedi. Yeah. And it would be like Laura Santeca at least has that, you know, there could be no balance in the force without the Jedi. Right. Uh, and it, it's, it's fun to think of that. There are people who philosophically believe in, you know, the heroes of the star Wars story up, up to this it, point. It simply makes me think more about that lore scene in force awakens. He's really sad that the Jedi aren't there. Yeah. It's not a good thing. And yeah. we know that just on a base level of watching star Wars, but he just kind of like, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good for savvy to be connected with that. Like yeah. It. And I, I liked, uh, the, the storytelling of, uh, savvy not just being like great let me help you but the force is in flux people are going to do what they want to do i believe that these artifacts should exist they should be out there they you should Mm -hmm. listen to your calling and if a lightsaber speaks to you you should pick it up and you should use it but i'm i'll put my fingers on the scale a little bit by giving the blasters out yeah Yeah. but only so much that was the scene i was kind of referring to earlier just like want to help can't help even to the point of he's like uh, i'm paraphrasing believe but like i asked oh good she said nope uh kind of like here we go but then when when the was it yelena the character's like yeah well, what if i was to uh buy the blasters <laughs> okay they're in the back yeah um great great sequence too 
Yeah, it just goes to a lot of like kind of Jedi philosophy things too of like, well, we're really careful about when we take decisive action. Yeah. And otherwise we will try to be as wise as possible about when we disrupt the balance around us. Mm-hmm. And Oga's it's gonna be a lot of conflict to just to try to take Oga out. Right. And is that even right? Is she, you know, that kind of thing. The, so you get into that just that hint of that philosophy yeah. with Savvy, which I think is uh is just great. Um speaking of force. There's this great passage uh, with Vry talking about Leia's Force use mm-hmm. in The Last Jedi, yeah. um, which just kind of totally lined up to things that, that we've discussed and and, and I uh, I like. Uh, but the general idea that it was a real choice to tap into that power mm-hmm. and it was only made when absolutely necessary and when it was kind of selfless because it wasn't about, I don't want to die. It was about, I need this yeah. mission, this hope to go on. I love that because also... Going to the Jason Fry novelization, it, it's that 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 communication device with Ray that's kind of like uh, Leia's soul, so subconscious, subconscious kind of like no, we we this is we're we still need to be in play here. Yeah. So it all syncs up and it works really. Yeah. No, that stood up. There's a, there's a lot of descriptions of Leia from uh, Vimarati's point of view, and we talked about last week. I think on the uh, oh, we've got a Ray too. Like we like we got a Jedi. Yeah. Like, a lot of little things like that, but about Leia, just the character of Leia that we've known and grown to love over 42 years of Star Wars now, uh, that is, um, I, I really loved it. Yeah. It all worked for me. Yeah, yeah I think it just uh, it, it reinforced that idea of, of being selfless in your use of power and, uh, and having responsibility with power. Mm-hmm. And that was really uh, cool to me. And cool that these I- big picture ideas of what is the force what are uh, jedi what is at stake it just reinforces the choice in made in the sequel trilogy that the smaller characters are aware of the big actions mm-hmm. of our main heroes they're not obscure unspoken of things right like people in the resistance know that damn mm-hmm. like, it, it wasn't covered up by <laughs> poe yeah. you know uh that but that is knowledge in the resistance is a, an interesting choice to me. I, I love that choice. Cause you know, we talk about how no one knew Vader's final fate in the end, just a couple people. Right. And then it comes back to haunt Leia later on in bloodline. Yeah. So, uh, I like this idea that, yeah, some of the, some of the things, uh, uh this story, the battle of crate, you know, it's like people, uh, uh, he's uh, very, very, um, very aware of what's going on there because it's part of the organization, but like this is a story unfolding in real time. And then, uh, so it makes some sense. And then it adds some reverence to Leia too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. She did what? So good. Cause I love uh, I know a lot of people, I heard some, not a lot of people, but just some notes of like, uh, no one stopped to acknowledge what she did in last Jedi. I'm like, really? Like I, they were staring out the window, like amazed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you and, want Did you want to see the resistance bulletin? You know? Yeah. Everyone, Leia saved herself with the Force. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to hear even more about it in upcoming books where yeah. characters are going to be able to reflect about it and maybe even chat with Leia about it. Mm. Speaking of Leia, uh, a helmet possibly related to her or similar to one that she's worn popped up in this book, the Ubis, uh, which is the uh, the species bounty hunter type, uh, that Bush 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 from Return of the Jedi, that helmet. Uh, uh, Vi bought that from Doc Gonder and then was walking around. With it, yeah. Did you like that? I like that or a lot. Was it too. No, 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 because it's available there, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think you can buy it, but it's on the wall. It's on the wall. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I picked up right away what it is, but also what it means. Like, and then that's going to add to the experience. I'm going to try to buy it. I'm yeah. Try to, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you go ahead and try negotiate to negotiate with Doc. Uh, barter with Doc Onder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you can see, it's great. Yeah. Uh, 
first, this has been established other places, but there's a lot of time is spent on it. First order using stems, mm-hmm. basically uppers. uppers it yeah. has been, it's come out a, 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 a lot more and been focused on it. It's been known forever, but it's been focused yeah. on in recent history that this was a big part of the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, my father-in-law for Christmas gave me a book, I think called Blitzed. That's just, I haven't <laughs> got a chance to read it yet, but it's all about like, yes, Mm-hmm. They were on uppers the yeah. entire war. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that idea for the First Order and how much time is spent with it in this book? I I, I would say I like it in the sense of, yeah, no, it's very realistic in a, in a great way. I love adding real layers to these characters, especially when people are going to write off the First Order as not a threat or not realistic and just a reboot of the of what we knew before. No, this is, a, you know, and again, we've learned more about stormtroopers and stuff that's going on with them, but yeah. with, with the empire, no, it's realistic. This is a real thing. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, drugs like these are problems now. Anyways, they're in use more than you would know. Um, uh, I watched the doc- documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster a lot, which is about steroids and performance enhancement drugs. And just you know, some military pilots now use some kind of form of performance yeah. enhancement, and and so that it's all realistic, and then ties into what you said of literal connection to what the First Order and Empire are supposed to represent in a lot of ways. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, I also like the I like that Kath was with all these stuff with the with mm-hmm. the brainwashing, with the stims, all that stuff. He was still just an actual sociopath. Oh, yeah. I like that choice that he's like, and he's also just likes violence and is a monster. Yeah, he's not he's not Finn going. Well, we know where our checks even. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was a great. Uh, it, it made him a, a compelling enough villain. Uh, my last thing on my my little canon roundup, uh, and again, I'm sure other people noticed and picked out lots of things. Is what spoke to to me. A lot of details about how the stormtroopers' beta blast armor uh, absorbed or deflected blaster fire. How does that work for you? It definitely works because in uh, the long running joke of what the hell does that armor do for stormtroopers, yeah, kind of goes away, and it's a fun nod to that uh, and, and and correction of that, and, and it keeps in line with what we've read about the first order. The the we always love our emotional canon, but how about our details uh, canon category of just <laughs> you know the first order? They knew they needed to train them better. Um, they needed to get them to shoot things and the armor needed, but this keeps in line with that. And so, uh, it was a nice plot twist, uh, for some little moments and also just something that worked. And then talking about, you know, a couple of times you have to aim for the little black parts yeah. on, the, on the uniform. That's yeah. why they're not covered. Yeah. Yeah. This mix of yeah. like it made them scarier because mm-hmm. like, even if you got a blaster there and you can maybe slow them down, but they're still going to come. Yeah. It goes along with the Phasma's armor, the, the yep. blaster bouncing off of that. Um, yep. And then there's a little bit of dark comedy of like, how well our heroes win the day if they can shoot them in the crotch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the one, that, the one that gets the sword over that's bleeding. And then when you're like, oh, 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 oh. oh. Uh, and I like the little change exchange a little later on when they're uh, talking our checks uh, when it's kind of, I can't remember if it's revealed yet of, of his past, but there's like, why would you cover your whole body? And he's kind of like, because then we couldn't, I mean, they couldn't move. <laughs> you need some articulation to move. How do you know that? So yeah, I guess, yeah maybe not revealed yet. Yeah. So I love that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Archex likes his articulated action mm-hmm. figures for sure. Uh, were there any other canon details or any other little details in the book that specifically popped to you that you wanted to be sure to talk about? Uh, not, not so much other than just the general ones. I'm sure if I had, if I'd gone to the park uh, yeah, before reading this, there'd be other little things, but I like how it connects. I'm really, I really love, having fun with the Leia moments. Cause I just, every time she popped back on, especially towards the end when she reappears a lot, it's just like, I'm like, what 
Was it season two of Resistance she was dealing with? <laughs> was she just talking to Kaz? Like, I just love oh, all of those stuff. Yeah, or was that a, did something go bad with Lando? Yeah, yeah. Did the second <laughs> Battle of Tanab not go the Resistance's mm-hmm. way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very fun uh, to think about. Um, so the I was waiting this whole book to see if we would catch up with the Galaxy's Edge Day. Okay. That, that when you visit the park, that's a specific day in canon is what uh, uh, has been said. Uh, in it, on that day, Kylo was there. Yeah. Uh, and that gets set up at the end of this book where uh, Vi has succeeded. She's got um, a base, got some refueling options for ships, got a thriving community. Mm-hmm. Uh, their big plan worked so that for a while the First Order wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. But now Kylo is coming. Yeah. And if you've been to the park or seen any of the YouTube videos, you know that Ray is there. Yeah. So what do you think this day is about? What do you want this day to be about? Why is Kylo coming here? I am intrigued by that because, yes, it's a theme park thing and it's a setup. Yeah. And it was done so well because at the end, like, it's like a little epilogue and you're like, oh, oh yeah, let's go get our parking spot. Because it's coming. It, it is. It is ellipsis. Yeah. And you could go to Disneyland or Disney World today and you're caught up with the day and that this happened. Join the fight. Yeah. Um, it, it takes minds takes them in a lot of different directions, including like I feel sorry for any cast member who's, who's playing Vibrati because I'm going to start asking where's our checks and <laughs> all the, like I'm going to we're going to have to play along. Kid. Where's Creaky? Where's Creaky? But um, yeah, you know it, it definitely it definitely works. And in, in, in terms of uh, Ray showing up and like yeah, how do you, how do you make that work? Uh, is this some early confrontation we'll hear about? That's the question, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess for me, part of where my mind goes to is uh, this this place is clearly it's ancient. Mm-hmm. It clearly has some uh, reverence or history with force or force users. Certainly right. we got Savvy there who is interested, who is collecting. Is, is there a reason why there's so much junk here that mm-hmm. ends up being like, I can use this bit for a lightsaber. There's a kyber right. crystal there. She finds a box that early on that I'm not exactly sure what that's about. Like mm. later on, she finds an actual kyber crystal. And right. Like, Ooh, perfect. Um, but it makes me wonder if there is some larger bit of storytelling they have eventually where it's not that Kylo's just like that shuttle that blew up with that mm. cath idiot. There's right. actually a spy there. That pisses me off. I'm going to go there personally. Right. Is it that or is it that there is something of value there? Is that why Ray would get sent there to defend people from Kylo? Is this yeah. going so far as is this step one in the MacGuffin chase that mm. leads to the plot of episode nine? I, I would be okay with that. You know, right now I'm looking at it's just a, uh, hey, little, we got to we gotta put them there. But Batu, you mentioned just the ancient stuff, the ruins, and some stuff that's there that's pretty mysterious. Vader was there at one point. Yeah. Anakin was there at one point. Kylo is still maybe searching for answers in that, especially because at this point he's the supreme leader. Yeah. So the boss showing up, you could really sell me on the idea that there's something definitely there. Yeah. And then as far as Ray, yeah, if it's first step on their towards their final missions and conf- confrontations, I'd be good with a a Rise of the Resistance Galaxy's Edge novel. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's gotta it's gotta be like an yeah. artifact or like some sort yeah. of maybe even a, a misunderstanding that like Kylo thinks there's something of value there. Oh, and it's yeah. like we're just trying to set up a base, dude, and you overreacted. You brought yourself here. We had to bring Ray here. You had to have a lightsaber fight. Like Vader's uh, right outside the Ronto rap place. Yeah. Now 
<laughs> Vader's cape isn't for sale at there at all, right? Like nothing like that that I'm missing. There's a lot of a lot of robes okay. that uh, that uh, okay. Kylo would be unhappy with. I right. think there. Right. Um, yeah, maybe he uh, maybe he really hates puffer pigs and uh, doesn't want them sold as toys. I'm right there with you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, Kylo. Kyle? Kylo? You can call him Kyle. You yeah. can call him Kyle. That's uh, one last detail I'll mention. Uh-huh. I loved that Kath knew that there is a legacy starting in the Empire with Vader yeah. that you get killed in that l- if you screw up as an officer. Mm-hmm. And that legacy is back with Kylo. If I screw up on this mission, it's not that I'll lose face. I will be murdered. Dead. Yeah. Dead. dead. Uh, yeah. I like him trying to gain favor with Hux. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of the view uh, of, of, of the inner workings, which which she did very well in, in uh, Delilah Stassen did in Phasma. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to discuss about this awesome book, I have one last dumb question for you. Uh, no, the only thing I'd say is, again, if you've listened to this point, you probably read the book and, and maybe you didn't enjoy it as much. And, uh, you know, I hope maybe we, we explain a little bit more. I really think this is, is one of the more rewarding books of the new canon era. Uh, uh, perhaps not unlike Lost Stars, which caught a lot of people off guard because, eh, YA and what are you going to do? Like, uh, that blew a lot of people away for good reason. This was that. But I, I, I really look at this as a blueprint of the, of the Resistance's next steps. And that is really fun and really intriguing. It's a- such a great point. I wouldn't have thought of it that uh, particular way if you hadn't said it. But when I sit down to watch Rise of Skywalker, mm. and I think the Resistance is a little bit back on its feet, mm. I can imagine dozens of different right. planets that went through exactly this to build this back up. You know, Snap Wexley and Jess Pava are having to do this somewhere else. And, you yeah. know, uh, uh, maybe Finn and Poe, too. Like, uh, it makes sense. Nine Numbs on Solace. Yeah. <laughs> Doing his best. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's already great. If we were on Batu on Black Spire Outpost and we got recruited by Vi, uh, what skills would we be, be able to offer the resistance? Definitely eating. I would try to <laughs> distract uh, any First Order officers with uh, like an eating contest. I'd be over there uh, getting a shake, uh, shake, what, what was it? Shake Shack? Not uh, Shake Shack. Uh, the the shake, shake Roast. Shake yeah. Roast. Ronto Roasters. Uh, half a boar wings. Whatever you got. <laughs> I would be uh, doing that. Uh, and trying to distract them. There. Okay. And then when the fight comes, I'll, I'll jump in with you. <laughs> Throw a chicken wing at them. Or but so far, wing. just uh, challenging them to food fights. Yep. Well, I'm showing up to that park, and I'm going to be like, uh, Marathi, if you need me, I'm in the uh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Why are these uh, stormtroopers moving a little slow? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Makes them easier to hit in the crotch. Oh, Thanks you, to Ken. Yeah, you bucketheads. You think <laughs> uh, you've never even had food. I could beat you in this contest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would want to be an informant at the bar so I could just hang out at the bar. <laughs> just listen in. I can do that. I can totally do that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, there, there's some mentions of, uh, the hero, of the huts radio show. Uh, and I would love to be able to, you know, just, uh, go on there and do commercials, but they're actually secret codes for the resistance. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was the first time I've heard of like radio mentioned in Star Wars. And of course my ears perked up, but just that was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I won't talk about that one. That's a fun discovery okay. uh, at galaxy's edge. You're, you're in, in for a treat in for a in treat. for a treat. Uh, that is our look at black spire, a book that we here at Force center think it defies mm. the odds of being any sort of weird commercial for Disneyland. Uh, and is just a great star Wars book. Absolutely. Delilah as Dawson home run high five. 
You have uh, written a great book. All right, that's a look at Black Spire. But now it's uh, here. Time to hear from all of you with questions, audience questions. We go to Jeremy Dobbs. Why is Arabesh a thing, despite the fact that droid names, starfighter designations, stormtrooper identifications, etc., all use the English alphabet in universe? It seems like it would have been easier, more consistent to just use the normal alphabet for written text. This is a great uh, observation. Yeah, <laughs> and also. Depending on, uh, I don't know Jeremy's age, but depending on what Star Wars version you saw, uh, you know, the original version with the power on that uh, Obi-Wan yeah. disables or the Arabesh version. So, Joseph, uh, yeah, why do they do this? Yeah, so this one at this point has a canon, a mostly canon answer. Uh, Arabesh is not the only language, which mm. makes sense, uh, but they're the... The alphabet as we know it here on human Earth is called High Galactic mm-hmm. in Star Wars, and it has been established in canon that it does exist. And you do see a couple things in different uh, television shows mm. that are actually in uh, our alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in world you explain it that way. Like yeah. that's a that's an Orbesh is a more common written language, but mm-hmm. it exists. It's it's old Valerian. Yeah. It's high Valerian, yes. High Galactic. So yeah. there you go. High Galactic. Uh, Jeremy, great answer. But yeah, th- those are the fun things of sometimes you have to just, the real world thing of George did this, changed it to that, makes some sense to change it to that, but what are the butterfly effects? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Wookiee at the at Wookiee Riot. It sounds like a great punk band. <laughs> so I don't often have a Star Wars grievance, but I watched episode three. And immediately after Palpatine declares the Galactic Empire, presumably at the same time, Obi-Wan and Yoda are already referencing the Emperor. Wow, news flows fast to the Force. <laughs> what are your thoughts? This is another little fun little, you know, this is part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan. But wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, you're you're an Obi Wan expert, Joseph. Why does he know this? Yeah, I I do. As much as I love the prequels, I do think there are some moments where George is a, a little fast and loose. Uh, I do think it technically works. Mm-hmm. I understand why it pings for people. Uh, but in the hollow vid that the security recordings that Obi Wan watches of Anakin fighting uh, at the Jedi Temple, right, and then uh, uh, Sin Droilag, he's fighting, right, mm-hmm. um, and then. Palpatine says, calls him his new apprentice right. and says, you have served the empire well. Mm. Paraphrasing, but he, he says the word empire. Okay. So you can extrapolate that, oh, Palpatine's made himself the emperor. Mm-hmm. Mm. I also, I, I know what mm. he's saying is like that the scenes of Obi-Wan and Yoda oh, 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 are, yeah. are cut together with the scenes of Palpatine yeah. uh, declaring or, or very, very close together. I also feel like if you wanted to, you can also kind of have the headcanon of Obi-Wan and Yoda, even if Obi-Wan and Yoda are making their way through Coruscant at the exact moment that he's doing that, hmm. I kind of think that's being broadcast yeah. everywhere through Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, on mm-hmm. ticker tape, right? That's on giant screens anywhere. It's on... Uh, it's propaganda, right? That's a propaganda yeah, yeah. speech that Palpatine is not giving just to the Senate. He's giving to the entire galaxy. The Jedi betrayed me, scarred me. Look, we have a, every, a wolves at the door, so we need an empire, and I am right. your emperor. Yeah, look, absolutely. I I think uh, it's space Twitter's in play here. <laughs> You're watching this in real time. They got the cameras in the room, in the Senate room, right in the yeah. Senate chamber. So, yeah. And they're yellow, I remember, from yes. studying for trivia. There you go. But, hey, uh, Wookie Riot, great question. To Patreon we go. A couple thoughts here. Levi Bond. 
We will get, will we get novels or comics expanding out after episode nine? Will the resistance first order conflict be squarely ended in this film? The empire was in power for 24 years officially and relegating the first order to only about a year in the limelight seems odd to me. It's a good question. I, I saw, I think it was in our force center discord server, which you can get through our Patreon page of people saying, Hey, love all the new books, but the books are often looking back or character studies that feed into the movies, which we know that's mm-hmm. how they have to write them because the movies come first. JJ's got things under lock and key right now, and, and by now people know. But like for a while, people don't know, and then we yeah. got to write no- novels back to that point. But people do. There's a need, a, a thirst for people, the story to go forward with some of the novels. Uh, I'm excited for this possibility there. But as far as, yeah, I, I think we'll get more. I think we'll get more, but I, I do think the first order will be done in nine. Yeah, I feel like it is hard to have a satisfying, triumphant conclusion of mm-hmm. victory for our heroes without the first order being destroyed. Yeah, uh, I do think we can get a, a books that are pre Force Awakens uh, that deal with the first order. Maybe even, like I said, maybe an animated series totally dealing with them in the unknown like regions. Um, I think we're going to get a ton of storytelling in between eight and nine. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the you know, good things about there being a time jump is you have room for lots of adventures. You know, we're already going to be getting one in this Resistance uh, Reborn book coming out soon. Right, right, right. Um, After Nine is one of the things that I wonder if they're going to do any storytelling with the familiar characters. Imagining Episode Nine ends with, like, we've talked about wanting that whole Return of the King. Here's where everybody goes. Right. Poe goes back to farming on Yavin 4, you know, whatever. Uh... Finn and whoever he hooks up with go on to have yeah, a family. Yeah. I wonder if after the entire experience of Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. then an entire expanded universe, then eventually the movies come back and want to tell a story, then, oop, it's Legends. Right. I wonder where anybody's mind is at with, like, do mm-hmm. we want to tell a Finn book? Mm-hmm. Because what if five years from now we want to do a Finn movie or a yeah. Finn Disney Plus series? There's a part of me that thinks that's just going to be it for those characters for a while. I, I can I can be convinced by that. Uh, when I say it's going forward, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think there's going to be thirst for those stories. Yeah. But unlike in 83, everything wrapped up nicely, and then, oh, it didn't. So now we have to figure out why, and I think they've done a great job. Some of the stuff we talked about here today, some stuff that J.J. introduced in Force Awakens, I think they've done a great job of saying the battle was over, but it not won. The war's not won, and so the story continued. They ha- they clearly are now they know they're aware of that. So you have to be very careful. I think maybe it's personal desire. They don't want to see a little bit more. Yeah. But we'll see. I, again, we don't know how nine wraps up. Maybe I will be completely satisfied. Yeah. As I was in 83. Yeah. But do you, do you yeah. want them to just go on to the new or like just as a fan? Do yeah. you want a Poe book a year after nine? Or is it like, cool, you've wrapped up their story for now. We can revisit them sometime later, but go if, tell us new stories. If you do it in a certain time frame, um, you know, going back to the, the Zon trilogy, you know, what they, they said, you, you can't touch five years, the five, you know, if you're five years after Jedi, you yeah. can't touch the rest per George. And, and, you know, that never played out, you know, just in case he had some stories, right? All right. Yeah. So, um, if you say you have five years to play with, and after five years after the events of nine, you have to stop. You can't tell those stories because we figure five years from now might be a good time to say Oscar Isaac coming back in the adventures of Poe Dameron. Yeah. Then that makes sense for me because yeah. I do want to know. I yeah. want this to keep going. 
and I know we got other stories and movies taking us other parts of the galaxy and the yeah. timeline, but I do like the main storyline continuing. Yeah. So maybe. This is such a great question uh, yeah. to Levi Bond because I'd yeah. never thought about like looking back. Do we want to do the expanded universe again? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. 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 Fascinating. All right, final thought coming from Alden Diaz. Uh, Alden writes, one thing that I love most about Four Centers, how you emphasize, emphasize the idea of speculating responsibly. Well, thank you, Mr. Diaz. That's a lesson that I think everyone in the fandom should meditate on at some point. However, we've all speculated <laughs> irresponsibly at some point. It's only natural. Which Star Wars film did you speculate on the most, and how wrong were you? What were some predictions that never came to be? For me, it'd have to be The Last Jedi. I was so wrong about a great many things, especially Snoke's uh, relation to the Skywalkers and the Solo. Thankfully, I still loved it, though it became my second favorite Star Wars film. So our our Speculate Responsibly idea and T-shirt, available on T-Public, it came out of The Last Jedi, yeah, uh, which we had our theories. Go back and listen to episodes. Yeah, it's fun. We, you should still do it now. Have your theories. It's fun. But I, I personally learned a lesson. Yeah. But I also learned a lesson in Force Awakens where I'm like, <laughs> Ah, it's, uh, it's Sarko Plank ain't here. Uh, Constable Zuvio's gone. What's uh, what's going on here? All those yeah. things. And I could either be bummed by, I, oh, I read these novels and they didn't pay off in the movie. Or I could be like, oh, the universe just has all this texture and spices to it. Yeah. And that's where I go. Okay. That's where I go. Yeah. As far as predictions, uh, uh, we'll go into some specific ones, but where are we at? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Force Awakens, I, I thought that Luke was going to be in the whole third act. In mm. one of our early episodes, we talk about, yes. like, there's going to be a whole new poster. This is a movie mm. that hasn't advertised anything from the third act. And, yeah. Oh, no, okay, they showed us a lot from the third act, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still hid some great things, but that great Luke reveal that he's just yeah. at the last moment, that that was a, an incredibly wrong bit of speculation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, the speculate responsibly thing is... Yeah, it is speculating. It's fun. It's mm. just so much about not becoming married to the idea mm-hmm. that you've speculated so that you were resistant to hearing the story that you're being offered. Yeah. Right. Um, and also just that acceptance that we get years to talk about one moment in a moment in a film. It's just it's going to pass. Yeah. So like even though there were some like uh, some surprise twists in The Last Jedi, we speculated 87 different things that Luke might say or do in the lightsaber. Yeah. When, when he, when, when he did or did not take the lightsaber from Ray, he was only ever going to do one thing and it was going to pass quickly Mm because it's a film. So there's just also this like balancing the weight of how much time and fun we have to speculate versus what will actually be in the film. And that goes back to our conversation last week about the dark Ray shot and why I really wanted to dive into the why. And so glad you presented some really thoughtful things of, of uh, of that because I learned so, you know uh, coming out of the Force Awakens and and I I have I think there's spotlight Star Wars episodes where I said wow we now have a world to speculate in with Star Wars which we didn't have before and I think that's what JJ did um, as I, I remember I'm paraphrasing some of Ryan's interviews where he was just like man I saw all this stuff going off about who's so and so and I'm like I know the answers and uh, it ain't that like you know like, yeah it's not a it's not a yeah. it's not a Question: We didn't mean to set up that mystery that you yeah. were trying to solve. Sorry, yeah. you know, uh, but you, I, I don't blame anyone and myself for coming out of Force Awakens, going, "Oh, who, who's raised parents? That seems important." Yeah, uh, is it Luke? What's Luke going to say? 
you know, we two years to go. What's Luke's first words, you know, um, and the snow. And so I got, especially where I was working uh, full time at the time for a job that they literally I'd come to work and, and pleasure to get paid for doing it. But they'd say, oh, you, we, you, we need you to come up with some theories and do videos on. And I'm like, please, dear God, don't. <laughs> uh, but I got caught up in the Ray Kenobi stuff. Yeah. Uh, I thought that seemed, you know, uh, seemed plausible to me and exciting and Sabine Wren and maybe sometimes it connects and everything. And then, and I, I don't mean to sound cynical, but after Last Jedi, which I enjoyed so much, but I remember thinking, it's just like what you've heard me say, I could guarantee you J.J. Abrams has not watched Star Wars Resistance, you know, yeah. like to, to a 98% degree of accuracy. Yeah. So don't look for those kind of connections. They might show up. Yeah. But Jason Sindula is not going to come riding in on a golden horse to save the day. It's not in their plans like that. And, yeah. and, and you can be upset at that. And I understand some of that because it's presented definitely in 2014 was presented as like when they cleared all the cannon, like a new world of, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. But it's not what it's about. It's about the story, the characters. Yeah. It's about those stories, those characters. But I got a lot wrong. Yeah. I, I have one other moment with that. Yeah. I got. Uh, kind of wrong, but did you have another exa- no, no. specific example? No, I no. I, before Force Awakens, I worked with someone who believed Plagueis was in the film, and uh, it sounded great to me, so I got yeah. caught up in that. Yeah, well, we all we all danced yeah. with the yeah. devil of uh, <laughs> of, Plagueis. <laughs> of Plagueis, the Plagueis devil. That yeah. staff, that staff. Yeah. Um, here's a good example for me. It actually worked out being what I wanted it to be, but in Rogue mm-hmm. One, want mm-hmm. if Vader was going to be in it, I, I had some just wrong speculation yeah. of like, Ooh, maybe he'll be the thing that turns the third act. Cause they really realize, Ooh, we can't stand up to a Jedi. And right, this is why they right. decide we are a, a, a force user, a Sith like Vader. This is why we need a Jedi. This is why they're going for Obi-Wan. You know, it's, no, it's just like, Hey, the, the war's inevitable. Why don't you go uh, <laughs> phone a friend, uh, for yeah, buddy's still around. But I, as rogue one was wrapping up, I was taken out of the film because it's like Vader, 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 right. kick ass, kick ass, kick ass, because I had so decided that it makes sense. If you're going to use him, why just use him for a board meeting? We've never got to see him in his prime with modern movie making, mm. just slaughtering defenseless rebels. And I would have walked out of that theater super disappointed. Uh, yeah. I got lucky that time yeah. where I got what I really wanted and what I really thought should be there. But I am trying to learn the lessons of the Jedi and train myself to be like, Mm-hmm. I have ideas of what could happen, yeah. what would be cool if it happened, but I don't want to be married to, you have to do what I think you should, or I'm going to disengage from the film. Yeah. And that to me was the biggest lesson. Cause like, Oh man, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I, there's those lines in rogue one where like Vader's getting, is yeah. taking care of the defense. Like, yeah. and I was like, get somewhere where you can kill rebels. <laughs> kill the rebels. <laughs> Look, remember the leak, the leak from uh, last Jedi that was like, there's some kind of ship and Luke and Ray are teaming up to fight the Knights of Ren on it. There's oh, a big yeah. Octo lightsaber battle. And you know, as much as I try to avoid leaks, I, I, that, that came across my desk at the time and, and yeah, okay, uh, that that sounds great. And then when it doesn't even show up, and then it's a deleted scene of the the caretaker party. Yeah. Oh, that's where the rumor that's came from. Kind of where it came from. It's like, so yeah, I guess if you took that as gospel, and you might have been like, where the f are the knights of Ren in that fight? I got yeah. Luke doesn't do anything. He has a stick fight with Ray. Yeah, you might be disappointed. And it's that's a cut scene of nuns and pirates <laughs> having a booty call. Yeah, like you, let's. Um, yeah, and that's that's what goes back into this because this is a great thought starter. All of this, we're not finger wagging of speculate responsibly. It's us reminding 
ourselves. Just enjoy what's going to be put out in front of you and have your theories, but leave them at the door. Yeah. And maybe you'll get right and be lucky like Joseph and Vader in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alden, Levi, the Wookiee. Jeremy, great thoughts, great questions. If you have questions and thoughts, starters for us or thoughts on today's episodes, you can follow us here on Twitter, Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Like us there. We have a website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Public, like I mentioned, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Tweet us pics of your merch or we'll reshare them. Podcasts available in a lot of spots like our Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. Uh, I've been rebroadcasting the Star Wars ranked episodes on YouTube. I swear to all things holy in the maker. I'm trying to get the data bank brawl ones out. <laughs> uh, what video does to my laptop is not nice. Working on it, but go to our YouTube page, subscribe as we try to build that out and break the algorithm. And speaking of building things, patreon.com, Joseph, we're living large there. That is right. You can get access to that Discord where we have oh, a lot of great fans having a lot of great discussions. So you can yeah. get our new bonus episode we've been doing where we just flip to a page of a visual dictionary and discuss whatever is there. Speaking about letting go of control. Been loving that. Uh, in yeah, it just it helps us out so much. So even if you have a buck or two a month and you want to help us grow and keep going, you can visit patreon.com slash force center. Absolutely. We got our own things we're working on here. We got our own problems. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. You can go to catnapsack.com for information. A lot of things. Uh, like my book, Why We Love Star Wars, stand-up comedy shows, pro wrestling appearances with Millennium Pro Wrestling. A lot going on. Uh, be in Washington, D.C. in November with Mark Ellison. I believe now Josh McCuga for some comedy at the Comedy Loft. Go to Mark Ellis live.com for more information on that as well nice and you got a baseball thing to pitch oh gosh thank you i just started a part-time job <laughs> <laughs> yes uh you know i'm a big sports fan but i last couple of years star wars has been my focus but with something uh, a website called flagged sports run out of houston i'm doing baseball columns nice. uh, celebrating baseball i am celebrating the love of that uh, game i uh, love so much gone back years now uh, loving that so it's always star wars and baseball with me and now i'll get to connect back to baseball thanks for reminding me <laughs> of course new. go check are there links on your uh, website or just w- go to flag.com there needs to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just creating more work no, for that's great that's great right first call there. first column was today as recorded so i okay. gotta get in the rhythm awesome awesome uh my stuff is all on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com got a couple of uh live shows coming up uh one here in los angeles the game night variety show at the end of the month i just put out a new album called joseph scrimshaw versus time it's a weird fun little album with some star wars memories on it so if you want to check that out you can get a link to that right on the front page of josephsgrimshaw.com and of course twitter and instagram for all of my uh, weird fun adventures and whatnot and matt is at josephsgrimshaw on both twitter and instagram that is it we are out of here as we're talking we've crossed the two-hour mark <laughs> making this one of the longest episodes of force center ever but it was worth it to hear from jennifer landa again you can follow her at jennifer landa and tweet out and tell her how much you loved hearing her voice again here on force center that's it uh we're gonna check out and leave batu for right now that was force center Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.